What is going on, everybody? It's yours truly, Connor, here on this week's edition of the Marvel Roundtable. We go back to Disney Plus in an attempt to continue MCU's Phase 4. We're looking at things a little differently as we see what happened with Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. As Sam Wilson decides to do something a little different with the legacy of Captain America S.H.I.E.L.D., we see some radical... Uh, terrorists for lack of a better word and not everyone's favorite captain america and i'll let you interpret that any way you want to uh as we're going to break down the star spangled mans with plans in falcon and the winter soldier right here on the marvel round table How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Marvel Roundtable, where, of course, we dive deep into every single show and uh, movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right here on the Horny Goat YouTube channel. Of course, the Horny Goat Podcasting Network, where you can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, of course, uh, I am not alone. I'm joined with the, me, the wonderful members of the Horny Goat crew. I've got with me uh, Rayshon popping in for a hot minute. We've got, of course, the power couple, Heather and JP, and, of course, Canadian Basement. What's up, fam? What's going on? Heather's disappearing into the mushrooms. <laughs> what are they looking JP at? JP is fly hunting at the moment. Oh, this is, oh you know what? This is going to beat anything. Or this is going to be anything we're going to do tonight. That's fantastic. <laughs> Um, want to thank you for joining us here on this uh, this uh, episode of the Marvel Roundtable. Uh, for those of you, uh, you know, kind of getting new to the schedule with everything with Phase Four, uh, we will be taking a two week uh, little jump. So we will be back in two weeks with uh, Loki as the next installment after this. So just as a heads up and a precursor in advance. And again, if you guys are new to the channel, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit the bell and you're notified every time you uh, every time we go live here on the channel. We got tons of cool content here on the Horny Goat YouTube channel. But you can also listen to us on your favorite podcasting platforms uh, such as Google. Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, or Apple Music, whatever the fuck they're calling themselves now, uh, and so many others. That was a great little spiel. Um, so normally, uh, you know, we go right into things and and we we start things off and kind of go around the, the table and whatnot and just kind of like you know seeing how everyone's doing. Um, while JP is hilariously trying to catch this fly, this is fucking great. If you can't see this one. Background on, and you would have been able to see all of that. Yeah. I would have needed you to clip it. <laughs> well, you're just like disappearing into the ether, like fucking go. Oh, I don't see. It. Oh, I see it. It's the size <laughs> of my hand. Good lord. I spotted him out of the fucking mid air. Oh, that's skill right there. <laughs> um. So so normally um we. <laughs> so normally. <laughs> Wendy. <laughs> so, 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 see, Wendy's excited. You got the fly. So normally, um, you know, I want to thank. Oh, first of all, I want to thank everybody for joining us in the chat. We got, of course, uh, Paul Arzola, Alpha, Federico, uh, and uh, Tim joining us in the chat. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate it. Let us know your thoughts about Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, in the chat as we roll along through the episodes. But um, I'd be remiss if we didn't kind of uh, talk about what. Most of you, I think, know what happened over the course of this past weekend. Um, if you guys have listened to us, especially on the Marvel Roundtable last couple of uh, episodes, uh, our dear friend and um, brother here on the channel, um, Mike Bobbitt, uh, unfortunately 
very suddenly and unexpectedly passed away. Uh, this is something we're still all, I don't want to speak on anyone's behalf, but I, 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 we're still kind of reeling. A lot of us still in shock. Um, we don't know a whole lot of details, nor do we kind of, it, it's kind of one of, it's one of those things we don't want to. Uh, Gina, Gina actually found out. So her mom or his mom uh, said that he had apparently had a blood clot and had a heart attack. And that is what yeah. they're thinking could happen. So that's, it wasn't, and we we all know Bob. It, it the kid had the heart of gold. He it. I've been saying it all day. He was an angel on earth. And for those of you that don't believe in God or whatever, I think that if there is a God, he is that angel on earth. He was put on this earth. The guy did not have a mean fucking bone in his body no not at all. even even if somebody was mean to him he would laugh it off it might hurt him but he would laugh it off and move on with his day that's the kind of person he was i i almost said is because it's hard for me to right now say past tense yeah no i i'm i'm right there with Um, you yeah i mean so my mom said it best today she said the best are taken away from us at a young age and he was one of the best if in my eyes he was like a son to me he was like the son i never had yeah, there were times where he would do things that would push me to the hilt, but he would always make me laugh, even even when I was in a bad mood. And Heather can attest to that. So, I love you, man. I, I, with all of my heart and soul, you were like one of mine, and uh, it sucks. It sucks. That's and so cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. Cheers. Um I uh well I want I I wanted to take this chance to have anybody else uh I know it's hard to talk about. Um so you know, I have obviously Rayshawn Baseman and Heather obviously here on, on this and and um I'm gonna definitely miss his presence, especially um with this football, him and I <laughs> go back and forth with um Eagles and the Panthers and stuff like that. And I was just talking to my manager, like, this football season is gonna be so fucking awkward. Not even awkward, it's just gonna be it's gonna feel empty, you know, without mm. DJ skinny penis. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um and and just like playing video games with him or talking about video games, like it, it lights him up. Like he gets happy when he's around us. And um, like JP said, he never was mean or upset about something. We could all be joking at each other. And he just, that, that was a strong, that was a strong young man. I tell you, <laughs> he was strong. 
I'm gonna miss yeah, him. I'm gonna miss my. I'm gonna miss my brother. <laughs> we was just we're talking not too long ago. Yeah, it was like a, a day before. I think we were talking about uh, fantasy football. Yeah. I had a long DM session with him on Twitter. I think on either Wednesday or Thursday, literally about um, days five and six from the Comic Con announcements this last weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, hell, he was on the WandaVision the review literally last week with us. Yeah. He had joined back in not that long ago. Like, I mean, he was absent for a bit. Um, but I think our interest in, like, his interest in Marvel got him back in with us on the round table, which was a lot of fun. And it was okay, great to see him or have him around because he, um, I know he got busy with, uh, like, different work and all that stuff. I know he was working a lot more and things like that. But, I mean, he's such a, like, he's such a, like, a big kid <laughs> that it's so impactful to lose someone like that. Yeah. He was and... larger. He was, he was, he was a heavy set young man. But I will say, even if he wasn't, he'd still be larger than life. Yeah, he had a very big personality and a very, very unique person, man. Yes. <laughs> I was about to say, if he's an angel, that angel has a really messed up sense of humor. <laughs> it's a bit fucked up when it comes to jokes that he'd make, but it was always because you know where it's coming from with him. It was never, no one would ever take it wrong. That was correct. Um, I miss him, man. Yeah. Uh, Heather, any, any, anything you wanted to? I mean, yeah, you don't have to speak if you don't want. I don't want to like put anybody on the spot or anything like that either. It's just being one of the people on this call to have known him the longest. It hurts. It hurts. I mean, he was there when I started Raging Inc. He was there through the whale. He was there for all of it. I I could always count on him. Yeah, the the beluga whale. That's what he called her. He called her the beluga whale. <laughs> Just saying. That's what he did. He did. He called him. Yeah. He, what he did. That's what he told me. She's a fucking beluga whale. <laughs> if anybody yeah, got was. mad at somebody, he got mad at her because of the way he treated her. That's the way he was, though. Like, I yeah. mean, he could take any shit that people kind of dealt to him, and he he probably took a lot of shit in his life, so he got kind of accustomed to taking it. But when it was attacking somebody that he loved or was friends with in any way, the guy was just vicious. Yeah, <laughs> he you, was. The legendary savage. How well did you know? Him? I I called him Bobbit. I I never yeah, called him. He was always Bobbit to me. Yeah, he was I was always, not, always Bobbit, and and and. and that's the way he wanted it. He didn't care. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I knew him as Mike. I did say call him Mike a couple of times. He's to me, he was. I don't. I mean, I don't even know what else I can say about him that I haven't said. Um, we lost a good one. That's all yeah. I can fucking say. Yeah. He was. We, I think we did. I'm gonna miss his uh, laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you'll always have his laugh because if you go back and watch my shows, it's always there. It's always there. So it's never going anywhere. I am I am wanting to put something together and just the best of Bobbit. Yeah. Because this kid just 
He made everybody... The DJ Skinny Penis thing... <clears throat> he did it to annoy me. <laughs> but I actually... We had a... In all, in all honesty, we had a conversation, and I said, do not ever stop doing it. Because he said he was going to stop doing it, because he said it annoyed me. I said, don't stop doing it. I actually think it's funny. I'm just playing it off as I hate the guy. Because I'm JP, and I hate everything, remember? So it's just, that's... It's just one of those things. He, he, but he'll always be there. If you go back and watch my show, the the beginning, he did all of my thumbnails to start for the all wrestling there. shows. For the wrestling shows, yeah. all the stuff that he, all the thumbnails that were done at the beginning, that was him. He was my behind the scenes guy, and he just wanted to be a part of something. And I let, yeah, there was times where he fell asleep on the call. But I can understand why he was working. Yeah, no kidding. And he, you know, it, it is what it is. And but he he would he would chime in with some some doozies every once in a while. So we're gonna I'm gonna come up with something. Yeah, I mean, hell, even look at this channel. He he uploaded his own individual reviews of a couple of video game systems. He wanted to do the whole thing. And he got bogged down and couldn't complete it. This was long ago. But you can tell like his love of video games and his knowledge of video games from just the couple ones that he put up by himself. And I know him and Trek did a couple of things too. So it's like, it's such a shame, to be honest. And I don't know how else I, to say it. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if there is another way to say it. There isn't. There really yeah, isn't. Really tough to swallow. I, um... there when, I started, when I started coming online to do anything. It was... I know it was right there at the very beginning. Yep. Yeah. I, um, he, he did. I would. So for those of you that don't know, he was, he always told me, you watch JP, Bobby Lashley will become a world champion. And I said, the guy, if that guy ever becomes a world champion, I'm going to throw myself out a window. Well, window apparently did I didn't throw myself out a window. I was going to say, when, but when he did you right. out of? And he loved Bobby Lashley. He loved him. And I, I mean, I couldn't get why, but when I told him that Bobby Lashley won the world title, he lost his shit. It was, he, he would give a show a 10 out of 10 just to piss me off at times. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually just remembered this. Um, fun little side story. I remember we were all on in the, in our chat. <laughs> and <laughs> Gina was complaining because most some a good chunk of us are on TikTok, whether for fun or for whatever reason, right? And Gina, we said, all do too, legendary. We all do too. Trust me. Yes. Um, Go ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, and Gina was complaining like, "Oh man, I'm getting spam comments from all these Asian porn bots." Yes, that one came up immediately. <laughs> so I go to my feed, and I didn't have too many people like I, you know I follow yeah whoever's here on the and and uh, literally he pulls up, and I couldn't help but laugh because he like has the camera and it just like does a dramatic slow down pull is like hey, 
So I heard there's some ancient porn thoughts on here. <laughs> it wasn't right. an hour after Gina said that in our chat. <laughs> right. Uh, one of, one of the, I remember it, speaking of Asian, he loved Asuka. He loved, he yeah. loved, he loves Asian women. Loved yeah. Asian women. <laughs> the one time I've seen him literally cry with joy is when Oscar won the title at that ladder match between Becky Lynch and her and Charlotte. He literally, I think I was streaming that night. I think I was streaming the show that night. He was literally crying. So he, he had, he was, he was an eccentric, but I tell you what, he was, I, I don't think I, how do I say this? I mean, you guys keep me going with shows and stuff. I love, love, but I don't know if I could have started anything without two people. And that is Heather and Bobbitt. Without them too, I don't think I would be doing YouTube. I will throw Drew in there because Drew and I started, you know, we yeah, talked yep. all the time. Like we were constantly on Skype and you know, but if it wasn't for Heather and Bobbitt, I don't know if I would have stayed doing YouTube. One more thing, his Swampy Awards were the night that Basement ran the stream for the Swampies. It was one of the funniest fucking nights. Swampies. My mom literally fucking lost it on me. You shut the fuck up. I was laughing so fucking hard because Bobbitt he would he would go away in basement like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Bob would step away or do something and or we get disconnected from the internet. Yeah, his internet connection was always bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But apparently I good enough that. to it was fucking hilarious. But apparently good enough to upload a TikTok inviting Asian porn bots to, you know, come to DM him. <laughs> uh, he had no problem uploading. It was no, no, I, I, deadly. I, yeah. <laughs> that was his issue. But I, I I'd give my left nut to fucking see the world the way he saw it, man. Just like the, the joy he saw in that, things is that fucking is a incredible. Very... <laughs> the Kentucky Fried, the Kentucky Fried, the KFC. He actually played one of the women. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Doki, Doki. Yeah. It was so great. The KFC dating simulator. Oh my god, that's right. Things was so fucking great. Yeah, the kid, the kid had this eccentric sense of humor, and it's it it was funny to me, and it was funny to all of us. Other people are like, why do you guys laugh at that? It's not funny. I just don't think you get. Right. Yeah. Once you get him around him enough. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Get why it's, so it's osmosis. You get used to it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to take up too much, uh, you know. And I will say this. He loved Marvel. He loved oh, absolutely. Whenever I would shit on NASCAR, it. I'd whenever NASCAR. I would shit on it, he would be like, JP, you just don't get it, do you? I, I do, but it just makes no sense. I did the same well, thing with him with NASCAR. I'm like, oh, they're constantly making a left turn. How exciting is that? <laughs> I know. But he loved NASCAR, and I remember, like, all the time, like, I wouldn't, we wouldn't really get into arguments, but I'm, like, this is why I say I wish I could see things through his eyes, where he's like, man, I just watched uh, fucking 
Thor, Ragnarok, t- 10, 12 out of 10, changed my life. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about that. It's I, almost like... It's a good movie. It's just not... It, it's, it's almost like he was kind of trolling without realizing it. <laughs> yeah. I think he just really enjoyed certain things. Or, and when yeah, they were yeah, in his wheelhouse to enjoy them, he was fucking to the moon. Um, the the only thing I, I'll I'll I don't want to take up I don't want to take up too much time on my side of this is just um when I was doing the wrestling stuff, um I was fortunate enough to develop a very small group of friends. Most of whom are right here on this call with me right now, um, and he was one of them. And and it's and it's. I remember having conversations with Bobbit back when I was doing the OK Fabe stuff, and he's like, "I'm a big fan." I'm like, "No, I, I hate the I hate it when anybody says I'm a fan of yours. I just it was it was a stigma of mine. I just I hate because I don't that that's a that's an egotistical thing that it just it, it fucking drives me up the wall." And so that's why I was like, I'm, I, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm so lucky to be your friend. And I'm like, no, the, it's the other way around, man. It's, it's absolutely the other way around. And we would just, you know, when I brought up the idea of the Marvel round table, he started, we started talking about all sorts of stuff and just the, the, I never saw him unenthusiastic, which mm-hmm. was interesting. I've never, I never saw him or talked to him where he was just like, I mean, he fell asleep a couple of times, but other than that, he he was always in such a just a generous mood. I'm, I second basement, like I couldn't have said any better myself. I would have gave my left nut to see how he sees the world and say things sometimes. But like, not a mean bone in his body. Um, I I can't. I, I second basically everything that everybody has ever said. And and I was uh, I was, I said this in a lot of different posts and stuff. I I was fortunate. I was fortunate that. I had his friendship for the time I, I had. Um, I, I will say this, and this is the last thing I'll say because I'm going to step away. I'm going to come back. But I was a fan of his. That is a true, honest-to-God statement because I watched every single one of his shows that he did. And whenever I had a question about NASCAR, I would ask him, like, why are they doing this? And he's... Because he they can't turn right. Go, oh, he would tell you why they are doing it, the ins and outs of how they are doing it. He he, the kid is very smart. He's very knowledgeable. Yeah, he, yeah. He I think he was, underestimated. I was a fan of his. He would always say the same thing to me. I love. I I'm a huge fan of yours. I'm like, Bobbit, you do the show with me. You're. I'm a. You don't have to be a fan of me. Yeah, no, and and, and just that's just a personal thing of mine. Um, and Legendary Savage, yeah, he lo- he he hated the movie Eternals, uh, and I was gonna give him a lot of shit for it too, and be like, Bob, it's the best movie ever. Uh, when we got there, and then that was that was. I the, the, actually uh, disagree with him. I enjoyed that show, I really did. Well, we'll, we'll get we'll get there when we get. We'll there. get to we'll it. get there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I've yet to watch it, but um, I will take up the mantle for him. We, but no, I just. It. <laughs> but but going back to you know uh, the last the last tidbit I'll just cap off with this is I sometimes don't shut up about how grateful I am to be part of this channel and to be part of this friends group um, and when I was doing the compilation video the trailer video that you see uh, with all the funny moments and stuff 
and it's stuff like that where it's like with, with Bobbin and, and you guys too. It, it's it's just it's so much fucking fun and it's so much joy and it's just it's a, it's an absolute blast. So genuine. Yeah. Um especially when we're fucking with each other. Um <laughs> it's in our friends contract. We have to. It it is. I don't fuck with anybody. I'm a fan of yours, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say that when we're playing gears of war um <laughs> but um we'll, i'm sure there'll be other things that happen and other like memorial tributes or other things that either ourselves or others will do so keep an eye out for things that i'm sure we'll we'll use to you know put together and, and honor his memory and i'm sure we'll probably bring this up again on no bucks given uh when we get there on Saturday, but um gonna miss him. Gonna miss him big time. Right here in my hand for him. Raise it up. It's a bob it. Cheers. Cheers. I've got any time, island time. I'm gonna clink you, Rayshon. I can't see you on camera, but I'm assuming we're gonna, I'm gonna fucking miss. <laughs> Cheers to you. Cheers to you, Bobbit. So we see you again. And, uh, you, it's not goodbye. You, it's not. It's not goodbye for forever. It's just goodbye for now. Thank you. The way I say is just we'll see you later. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being here. That's it. So on that note, now I have to review the show. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah it, I have no other fucking way to transition out of that. So that's that's a thing. Um. So, um. We're talking Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now that we're getting into the actual, uh, now we're getting to the meat of everything, or this this part of the of the stream here. So, um, this one, I, I will warn you guys now, and I've been saying this for like a week, and they're sick of me fucking saying this. This is this is my hill. This is where I am planting my flag, and I am going to defend this show. God, I'm not saying it's perfect, but God damn it, I think this is I I think this is the best Marvel Disney Plus show that they've made so far. I do want to say this. You can die on the hill, but you cannot say that there are some things in this show that Oh what the fuck I'm is gonna going I'm on? gonna talk about them. Trust you me. I am going yeah. to talk about them. But I'm just telling you that I'm still gonna defend this thing like that like listen, I, I've I haven't really been too too like sternly strong on things, but this is one of them like, no, fuck it. I'm gonna I don't give a shit if he ran at the at the at the first truck instead of the second one. I'm gonna plant my flag, goddammit. Um I'm gonna, flag. Um, I'm gonna head out. Yeah, appreciate popping on, Rayshon. Go get some sleep and uh rest up, my friend. Thank you, thank you for hopping on. Appreciate that. No problem. And um I agree with Connor, so yeah. you, <laughs> Join me on the hill. We will talk. We will talk. We need to get together because we need to start doing our the football yes, thing. Yes. For sure. Um, I would definitely be around with that because we will be streaming like early eight, nine. So I'll be I'll be okay with that. All right. Okay. Have a good night, Ray Sean. Good night. Good night. Um so yeah, this is this is my hill. This is my hill. I'm planting my flag, and god damn it, I am not I'm not fucking moving. So that being said, what did you guys think of this wonderful mass per perfect piece of masterpiece? I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't mind it. It's be I I'll tell you why he enjoyed it. It's because there was no super serum in the actual hero. Well, in in, in I might as well then. Well, I guess in the actual hero. <laughs> <laughs> so here here they humanized 
Bucky Barnes. Yes. In this series, they did. In this series, well, they do. They, they managed him to an extent where he he he's broken. Oh, for fucking sure. <laughs> he's broken. Yeah. He's not super. He is. He has superpowers. He. he but he he they hum to me they humanized him in this in this series. big time. I'm wait, not wait. gonna talk until yeah. You... <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't know if you have other things to say about the show because I'm just talking. I'm just asking like general thoughts about the show first, like our usual thing. Like, what did you you know watching this back? I mean, I know so basement. I know that you you this is the one show that you watched as it was coming out, right? I watched it as it was coming out. Um, I will say it was better to watch the second time. Now, are you talking like in terms of like the the the, the like absorbing the story? Like, are you talking like from a narrative or from just like being able to absorb it all in one felt swoop? I I felt like the thing is, I watched the. It took me. I'm not gonna lie. The first two episodes, I struggled with. The, the next four are much better in every way possible. They're better written. They have more intrigue going on. And, and, no, I'm not going to disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. The, the first two are very, like, they're handled. Like, there's, I'm so they're fucking. Clumsy. The first yeah, it's episodes are very clumsy. Probably the best way to, yeah. There's multiple storylines going on in this. Um, I do find some of them much more interesting than others. And especially the way certain ones are handled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with JP saying they do humanize Bucky Barnes, but that's kind of what they've been doing since he's been introduced or trying to after the Winter Soldier. Um, this show does a great job of doing it in the worst of the two episodes. And then the guy is just like off the map. He, he's no longer looked at. He becomes a, a tool to be used in other storylines, mm-hmm. which is fine. But I still think at some point, instead of just the last episode, they should have sprinkled a bit more of his issue, his his issues, because he takes a back, a real far backseat to the storylines going on. Some of them not that enjoyable. Except in one episode. I, I mean, I, I that that is one, well. That's not one of my flaws about this show. There's two things that I, I think is really, and we talked about this a little bit beforehand, that there's two glaring things that I think was a big, big, like, negative against the show, which we'll get to. Flag Smashers. What? Flag Smashers. Uh, w- certain things about A certain them, Flag I Smasher. Really like. A certain yeah. Flag Smasher. We'll, we'll get there. But, um... And Bucky is actually, to be honest with you, Bucky is one of my favorite overall MCU characters across the spectrum, like even more so than Captain America in general. Uh, and so I don't disagree with what Basement said. I do appreciate that they tried to, to be like, it's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then, yeah, he, he basically becomes a, a there. There's there's a lot to like about this. And and for me, are there negatives? Oh yeah, there are. Um, but I think that the when it when it does when it does certain things right, whew, it is good shit. But the, the missteps are not crushing because the the 
to me, the, the positives of it kind of outshine it. I'm not saying that there, just saying the positives outweigh it. But what, what about you, Heather? Will, oh, good. Sorry. I was going to say, I will definitely um, agree that the show is more, it's better than it, more, more better than it is worse. <laughs> so yes, the positives outweigh the negatives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Give me a second there. English I, impossible. I will, talking, I will be talking about some of the themes in this and it goes from like government control to the racial undertones that they use in yep. here in some ways and how they handle some of these things. Um, and it, it reflects some of what I hated at the time for media that kind of wanted to sit you down and spoon feed it to you. But this is not throughout the entire series. They fuck up, they, they fuck up the handling of it sometimes and they nail the handling of it sometimes. That's like, that's where I had, an, uh, like, this is where the first half of this series kind of rubs me wrong. I think they might, they could have done a better job because realistically, when you look at the core of the show, it's more about like, um, like, it's really the government control aspect. There's so much government, like uh, undertones of government doing shady dealings and fucking people up. Yep. And it's the core of multiple characters in this show, and it's the core of the bad guys. So when certain conversations happen and they label the race thing first, it's actually not the most important issue in that situation. Correct. It's the more popular issue. And that's why it, t it takes front and center. Um, but I'll explain better as we go through. Yeah, yeah we'll it's get, not all that. like sometimes they do fucking phenomenal, phenomenal job with the racial stuff, but sometimes they don't. But uh, sorry, yeah, I will, I will yeah. go. I will agree with Basement. Some of the racial undertones in this are just way, way too far left for me. But at the same time, there are others that are just like, yeah, this is exactly what's happening, and this is exactly what everybody needs to hear and see. But at the same time, there are also other things guiding away from that that are just like, did they seriously just do that and not expect us to not notice it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so my 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 only issue with the racial undertones is a few of them are not warranted. Mm -hmm. That's that's kind of what I'm saying. And even when they are warranted, oh, like the one. And it, was it the first or second episode? We'll the get first, the first, it. Yeah, we'll get to it because the first couple episodes is like where it's think, the heaviest. I, I think I know what you're bullshit. talking about. Is it? Is it? Is it, is it when they're in the street? There's a with couple. The super soldier. No, the, the other super soldier. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I actually. Okay. Well, we'll get there. But yeah. I. I'll, that's I'll, one, I have of, those, that's one but, of them that I can kind of agree with. Yeah, we'll, I, I actually like. Well, yeah, we'll get there. I, I don't want to get there. We'll get there. Well, I didn't take a shot every time we say we'll get there, folks, and you'll be drunk by fine ten minutes. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. You keep trying to dive deeper, and we're not there yet. You're talking about. Oh, I'm gonna fucking. Shit. We'll, we'll get there. Should we get? Should we get? Should we get JP a, a shield that says Captain Obvious on it? Give him some fucking Valium at this point. <laughs> um. So couple things i wanted to point out here before we even get to the, into this uh obviously compared to wandavision this one only had six episodes and compared to the nine which going forward with the exception of one other disney plus show is going to be the norm for every other marvel uh, uh disney plus show so every other show except for what if season one will have six episodes so just throwing this out there to basement heather and jp as far as the enjoyment of it of of nine versus six i know that like Heather's like, oh my god, these first two episodes of WandaVision make me want to blow my fucking brains out. 
do you think like the six and and knowing it was only six kind of helped you i don't want to say get through it because i know like most of us seem to have you know all joking aside it seems like most of us enjoyed it did it did did condensing it to six episodes kind of make it in more enjoyable compared to WandaVision? I don't, think it, I don't think it was the limited number of episodes i think it's because the content itself was more enjoyable from the start yep okay I mean, if, if even if this was nine episodes, if the content was there to enjoy, I still would have been fine with it. You... I, I'm a person who loves the Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis, which was 20 episode seasons. Ooh. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am that kind of person that I don't care how many episodes are in a season as long as the content is an enjoyable quality over quantity. So, right. yeah. So, so, um, so flipping on that side, do you think that I'll throw this to everybody? Do you think that overall, if you're looking at the, since we're looking at the series like from beginning to end, do you think six was the right number? Do you think that they could have done a little bit more? Do you think they could have done like maybe an episode less? I think they could have done a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, there's so many fucking storylines going on. They have like four storylines going on yeah. at once. Yeah. I think you could have, if you did one more, maybe again went up up to seven. You could have probably had that that one episode at like the five mark that kind of was a bit more dedicated to Winter Soldier, um, because I found his storyline for the most part. I would have found his storyline more intriguing than Falcon. I, the only reason Falcon is it gets as intriguing as it does is because they give him so much time, mm-hmm. and they True. want you to focus on Falcon more than Winter Soldier, but they give him enough so that you don't forget about him. Yeah. What, what about you, JP? Do, what, I mean, you're, you're. I know you didn't see WandaVision, but uh, do you think, like, in terms of the length of like the six episode format, do you think it was like the length of everything? Do you think it was just enough? Do you think they should have done a little bit more? Do you think they should have done a little less? I really, again, I'm like Heather. As long as it's enjoyable, I don't care. Fair enough. I, I, I don't think Wandavision is would ever be enjoyable to me because it's Wanda. <laughs> no, it's not because it's Wanda. It's just because it they made it more like a sitcom than, and I understand what they did, but they made it. Cheesy. Cheesy, yeah. WandaVision just... is too long. Yes. <laughs> where, where this is almost too... It, they just need to give the characters and the storylines enough time to breathe and repeat, and all of them kind of make sense and pay uh, give enough time for each character to be developed well. That's why I think this one was a tiny bit too short. The only person that got enough time to develop properly was Falcon. Mm-hmm. Basically. See, and I feel seven or eight episodes would have been absolutely perfect for this show because even getting away from Winter Soldier and Falcon, they could have done Mama Danya as well. Well, we'll get there. And uh, I also feel like uh, with uh, WandaVision, the first two episodes should have been one. There's no, there's yeah, no absolute yeah. reason for those two episodes to exist like they did. They should have squished them together. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. Um, so jumping into the production stuff and the development of everything, obviously this is part of the initiative of phase four, which, you know, like we mentioned with WandaVision is now blending in uh, Disney plus shows along with movies in the Marvel cinematic universe. Now, interestingly enough, um, and, and this might, you know, going back to, I'm going to mention this almost every single time until we get to a certain point in phase four, 
this was supposed to come out almost before COVID hit and everything changed the, the production schedule or the release schedule, I should say. This was supposed to come out um, after Black Widow. Black Widow was supposed to be the very first thing as far as the movie, and then this show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, was supposed to be immediately following it, which, given the ending of Falcon and Winter Soldier, would have had such a bigger impact or feeling when you know how the ending of, or the end credit scene of Black Widow with a certain purpled-haired character that we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but uh, Feige obviously was wanting to look and making sure that he did, uh, you know... Uh, he was developing li several limited series for Disney streaming services, uh, who had uh, mainly for characters who had not started in their own films. The actors who portrayed the characters in the films were expected to reprise their roles for different limited series. The series were expected to be six to eight episodes each and have hefty budget rivaling those of major studio productions. The series would be produced by Marvel Studios rather than Marvel Television, with uh, Feige was believing to have taken on hands-on role in each series development, focusing on the continuing stories with the films and handling actors would be reprising their roles for the films. Uh, Malcolm Spellman was one of the several writers asked to pitch the series focusing on Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, Feige believed that the MCU films had not really explored these two characters enough, and they wanted to explore the pair after seeing the audience reaction to their fun dynamic in Winter Soldier and in Civil War, most more likely Civil War. Uh, Mackie and Stan previously expressed interest in starting in a spinoff film together, with Stan comparing the idea to a buddy comedy film like Midnight Run and 48 Hours, and it was their intention for the series to use the buddy two-handler format like those films. Uh, but however... Uh, there were writers that developed their pitch for a series for Marvel Studios exclusive. Spellman worked with Nate Moore and his fit, a pitch focused on race and identity. Uh, he gave 48 hours to find one's lethal weapon and rush hour examples of buddy films that dealt with the issue of race and which he modeled the series after. So there's your inspiration for kind of how they were trying to, I don't want to say address this, but we'll, we'll get into the specifics of this too. Um, the other thing I'm just going to throw out there before we get into the actual meat of the actual story and this is the last thing i'll do as far as the pre side of it um i feel that when 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 they announced the mcu phase four stuff you have all the movies and you have the shows i was looking at it from the outside which i am technically uh i would think that the shows would be an enhancement to the movies to the yes. movies Having seen all of them, and I'm not talking the origin ones too, like Moon Knight or Miss Marvel. I'm talking like the ones that feature either already established Marvel characters or whatever. I feel like this is the only one that does it well. I mean, granted, WandaVision does tie into Doctor Strange, but I feel like this this does the best job of, of doing exactly that role. And to your point with WandaVision tying into Doctor Strange, you don't know that it ties into Doctor Strange until you watch Doctor Strange. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, I was going to say maybe that was just me, but I mean, Basement, did you get that same idea? Or feeling well, I from feel it? like we might be able to say that now, but considering this is going to tie into the Captain America movie moving forward, it has to. Because it's, it, this is the reason that when and how he becomes Captain America. Um, and then the, the, new, the next movie is called Captain America and fucking... The Dwarves of Destiny, or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> Dwarves of Destiny. <laughs> oh my god, JP ain't gonna watch that one. Um, no, I just, I mean, I, yeah, I know you're I, right. It's easy I, to, I, in I hindsight. I, I feel like it's better to have, um, like, one division. 
we discussed this because WandaVision, like the end of Endgame's last time we see Wanda, and what she says doesn't really fucking translate <laughs> to where she is at the beginning of this, right? I mean, they try to like make it make sense, but it still doesn't really. Well, it would have. It, it does. It would have like like been a... the same eyebrow raise. You know what I mean? It would have been the same eyebrow raise because it's not like there was a precursor to WandaVision. It's not like there was anything in between WandaVision and Endgame. They'd be like, oh, here she is walking to the. You know what I mean? Like it's it's all. But at the end, like at the, at the last thing she says is basically like, like you don't have any. Thought. She's fine. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of come to come to the comes to grips with the fact that he's gone and like and that's it. And then the show starts and it's like 180, where this is very well. It does a very good job of piggybacking off of Endgame. Yes, this everybody's where they're supposed the to be. Because we see at the end of Endgame him getting the shield from Captain and him saying, "It feels like it belongs to somebody else." And now we cut to the show, True. and he's literally giving it up. It's about- just the difference between the two lines you hear from two characters that makes this work a bit better, well, to be honest. I-, I was about to say, on top of that, the last thing we see in Endgame is that. is is You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's that's probably another knock of it, too. It's like, what was the last thing we saw with Wanda? She was looking out to a lake. But literally the last thing we saw was the last thing we saw in Endgame. So it's, you know, it's Taikami. But I, I do agree with Basement. It's, it's a little tricky to, like, say that now because hindsight's 2020 and you know no, thank god we're not there anymore it's, it's definitely gonna lead into that but i mean i feel like they're, they're they both basically flesh out a character and why a character Th- this could have easily have been a movie but i think it actually works better as a show and wandavision is better as a show as than a movie so they've made the right choice in my mind for both of them Fair enough. um i did want to say before we started because this is the thing that i've read i don't know i it, like it, i think it was a rumor then it's a rumor now hmm. but there was supposed to be some form of like uh virus yes storyline yes in this show <laughs> so one thing i was gonna yeah we were gonna get there but fuck it um there is a rumor that there was supposed to be more mention and involvement from the Flag Smashers, which we'll get to, um, that had to do with some sort of either virus or biological type warfare that was heavily rewritten and heavily edited um, in terms of uh, you know a major plot point because can't imagine why that needed to be changed whatsoever. Um, oh, sorry. You gotta you gotta get a vaccine for that. Um, so, uh, which. Hey. Take, okay. <laughs> taking that into consideration, um, yeah, I, I, it's funny because I actually heard about that before the show even aired, and they're like, yeah, some stuff got changed. It's like, yeah, okay. like You can tell there was – it might have been like a C to D storyline that was part of it, but was, they, I don't think they wanted to involve yeah. it at all. So yeah, with, that, with that being said, let's get into episode one entitled – New World Order. And no, we're not talking about Hulk Hogan, uh, Scott Hall, or Kevin Nash. So, the name of the new Captain America movie, right? Yes. I, yeah, got, got that, did you? Um, so this takes place six months after half of all the life returned from the blip. The U.S. Air Force sends Sam Wilson to stop a plane hijacking over Tunisia by the terrorist group LAF led by George uh, uh, or Georges, whatever, Batroc, which is Batroc the Leaper, who you may remember being that guy that Captain America like kicked out in the uh, the beginning of Winter Soldier on the um, the aircraft uh, that he the uh, that he he beat him up on a boat. I thought. Yeah, remember? It was a boat, right? Or was it? Aircraft? It was an aircraft carrier. Same shit. 
Oh, yeah, I thought you just said aircraft. Never mind. No, he jumped from an aircraft and like landed on the on the the aircraft carrier. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Hey, attention. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> listen, if I could take the shield down from the wall right now without messing up my Funko Pop collection, I would. God, I'm a nerd. Uh, with ground support from First Lieutenant Joaquin Torres, Wilson fights the terrorists and rescues Air Force Captain Vassant before they cross into Libyan airspace and cause an international incident. On the ground, Torres tells Wilson about another terrorist group known as the Flag Smashers who believe life was better during the blip. So, right off the bat, I love this because it instantly shows slash reminds us why Falcon is so cool. <laughs> it shows his abilities. It shows, I don't know about you. I, I feel like that was the most fucking creative. He's been with the wings this entire fucking time. Yes. Like with the, using it and, as a shield. And also being introduced to Red Wing. What? Did we see Red Wing before? No, Red Wing was in something before. He was, he was in, in Civil War. Yeah. This was the more involved with an introduction to oh, everything yeah. he could do, though. Yep. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, fun fact, uh, as far as little Easter eggs for the comics, Joaquin Torres is also in the Marvel in the Marvel comics, who, ironically enough, takes the mantle of Falcon when Falcon becomes Captain America. So now, if they recast his ass, that guy could I couldn't act more than a fucking wooden plank. <laughs> It explains a certain scene at the end, too. Correct. Or towards the end, too. So. Now, the Flag Smashers is obviously another little uh, nod and wink, too. There is an actual villain called Flag Smasher. And, you know, I've talked about this before on other, other streams and other things like this. Um, the concept of the Flag Smashers, uh, as far as, like, changing it from the comic origin, fucking love it. I know it there's a certain... It's doing it this way rather than having be one singular person. Not just that, but to make, like, you know, I, I, I'm going to shout it to the mountains every single time. They should have done more of things that were, like, ramifications from the blip. And this is one of the things I think is a genius idea. Again, they had to probably rewrite because of the chemical warfare shit. But just as a concept, it being, like, a quote-unquote terrorist group of freedom fighters trying to bring things back the way they were. Fucking genius. I think it made sense. Yeah. Well, I mean... I agree. I, I'd rather see too, like a collective, for once. Yeah. That versus like an individual villain. It's like the the idea of the flag smasher in this show. Flag smashers in the show is great. The execution. Yeah. I is know. where I don't. And also, like I, I I'm gonna say it now because I I think that the the lead flag smasher was horribly miscast as well. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna disagree. Car Carly, whether whether it be or thoroughbrow, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how much of it's her fault though. I I think it's more. I think she. I think she's trying, but it. But we'll we'll get into her character because I think her character is really just blame a the actress. It's the. It's probably the direction because she looks like a lost the direction than the writing. I think she looks like a lost kid. All the time, beat up a truck. and she's supposed to be it, like a bit more than that, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to Carly in a second, but um, but no, just right off the bat, love this. Now, meanwhile, we cut to Washington D.C. We see Sam giving up Captain America's shield to the U.S. government to display in a museum exhibit about Steve Rogers. He later explains to Colonel James Rhodes, who's also in attendance, that he feels like the shield still belongs to Steve Rogers. Uh, but meanwhile, in uh, Delacruz, Louisiana, we see him uh, with his sister Sarah struggling to keep the family fishing business going. 
please tell me I'm not the only one that kind of rolled their eyes when the kids, uh, when when Sarah's kids saw uh, Wilson coming in the truck and yelled, Uncle Sam. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. No, that's exactly what they, I, I heard that. And it's just like, I didn't just hear that. I really didn't just hear that. Basement. No, there's certain things that are said throughout this show that are just like, come on, man. I roll. I this is probably the the show way more than Wandavision. I rolled my eyes during this show sometimes. It's just oh my god, really? Yeah. Um, I mean that one wasn't that bad, but it was like. No. Yeah. Sam offers to use his status as a famous superhero to help him get a new loan, but they are turned down due to the business's poor profits and Wilson's lack of income during the five years that he was gone. This just fucking doesn't make any sense at all. This is the worst. This is one of the worst examples that I can give for how they handle. Because the whole time she's like, "No, you just don't give it to people like us. To people like us. To this. To this." She's heavily alluding to the fact that they're not going to want to give loans to someone of color, and they're using the excuse you don't have. Well, okay, so half the fucking planet doesn't have <laughs> doesn't have income. There's obviously something else in place to help people out in this this world plus he just came off a fucking mission working for the government you telling me he didn't make any money for that and no. it's oh yeah you're falcon but we can't give you money i'm sorry right like it, it's just it's so this is the this the first this is the first example of how they handle this so clumsily Maybe. i didn't think this needed to like they wanted to have this subplot with his boat and his family and I know they wanted to work it in some way, but why? Like the fucking guy knows a bunch of rich people. Call up Pepper Potts. Yeah. So I was just gonna say this is one of those <clears throat> flaws in the show <clears throat> that makes no sense to me. Like I literally said, this guy just was on a mission for the government. How in the fuck is he not making money on this? He's probably. If this was a black ops mission, or a, I'm I'm assuming that he gets like twenty five thousand dollars every fucking time he does one of these things. Because it's a general contract. Come on, man! You can't you can't you can't tell me he can't afford to keep his you know. Where did what, his money go? Not not to mention the banks <laughs> are saying, "Well, didn't Stark pay you any money, motherfucker?" Stark has been dead longer than fucking the blip has happened. Stark <laughs> Stark. Wasn't the person paying people? Shield was paying exactly. them. Uh, what well, he he blipped away for five years, and in that five years, his bank account was emptied by time. Like, that he had to have money beforehand. No, with that, I can understand happening because of the fact that with the blip happening and people disappearing, banks taking that money to cover any past debts and emptying the account to use for something else because that person no longer exists. I mean, they could have said that. We have no idea if he had past debts or not. We have no idea anything about his finances. It's just so lazily handled. This is like one of the biggest examples of shitty writing that this show has. I I will admit that. I will admit that, like, the the idea just, like, I got more questions than answers out of that whole... I, I mean, bigger picture, I get why they're trying to do it. They're trying to, like, you know... They need to create a conflict that that exists for his sister to have like a trouble at home scenario. Story. Which okay, yeah. but but yeah, the 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 bank scene just did it did raise more eyebrows than. But I mean, I, I bigger picture, I get why they're trying to do it. But I, I'm right there with you guys. It was just like, what the fuck? 
Um, it, it just like it's the, for me it's a double whammy because not only was it shitty writing, but they used it as a fucking to prop up uh, the race issue that they're going to show in this. Yeah. And see, if you want to do that, at least have the writing to be see, respectful I didn't, I didn't, enough I didn't, to write it properly. I honestly didn't see it as a race thing. I just thought it was like really shitty writing. But but <laughs> no, but she, and she, the, the woman like Sharon or whatever her name is Sharon. Sarah. I don't know. Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. She's there and she's like, no, you just don't give money to people like us. No, no, and I, it's I very I, heavily. Yeah, no, I I, I get you. I'm, I I wasn't. Yeah, I get you. Um. So meanwhile, in New York City, we see Bucky Barnes attending a government-mandated therapy session after being pardoned for his actions as the brainwashed assassin known as the Winter Soldier. He discusses his attempts to make amends for his time as the Winter Soldier with his therapist, Dr. Rayner. Barnes later has his lunch with an elderly man named Yori, who convinces him to go on a date with a waitress named Leah. Both Yori and Leah discuss how Yori's son RJ was killed with no explanation, but of course Barnes recalls killing RJ as the Winter Soldier, which happened after RJ witnessed a Winter Soldier assassination in the hotel where he was staying. Of course, Barnes is unable to reveal this to Yori and has also been ignoring text messages from Wilson. So the, one of the things that I kind of, like I said before, and you guys mentioned too, is like, yes, there's focus on Bucky on this. I wish there was, although series-wise, I wish there was more. However, yeah. I I do, there's a lot of things about this, about like, you know, seeing where he catches up from and, and, and that I liked. Um, specifically, I love the banter with him and the therapist, where... Correct me if I'm wrong real quick. Yeah. Was the therapist Rhoda? Was the therapist what? Rhoda? Mary Tyler Moore? No. No, I don't believe so. Oh, I don't know. Um, but... I, I like that the, the, the therapist setting was a great... A great... <laughs> Go figure. You go from really weird, crappy writing in the bank scene to a clever meta uh, uh, tool to be able to discuss dialogue about like where things are going on with Bucky. Like it was. I said it. It's like two different writers. It, it's just, it, was, it was weird. I'm like, I'm like, how fucking clever it is to like kind of like explain what's going on with him in a normal setting where it would be a, a conversation between there. I also loved how Bucky's like, you know. She's like, what do you want? And he's like, look, I, he goes, I, I have no family. I have nobody else. I had a little piece of, you know, a little something nice in Wakanda for a while. And she goes, what do you want? Peace. And she's like, that is bullshit. <laughs> yes. um, I and, wish everybody had a therapist that open and honest. Yeah, seriously. Honest. She's like, how sad. You don't even have 10 fucking names in this. You're ignoring Sam. Like, um, now... I mean, it it just it made me feel like he was like a soldier coming back from a major war and trying yeah. to, you know, adjust yeah. himself because that's exactly what he is. Agreed. Uh, I have no complaints about the, everything that you just explained. They did a very good job, and though they don't give a lot of time for Bucky, which I like, I agree they should have. Um, the time they do give is handled very well in the storyline. Yeah, in with moments like this. I also, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but um, did you notice that Bucky sleeps on the floor? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know what that's a reference to? And that, that is very telling and very true. You can ask any soldier that has PTSD, that is what they do. That is a, that they, yeah. for some fucking reason, they just, they never leave the field. They never leave the field. Well, it's a more comfortable being uncomfortable. It's a, yes. it's a reference to a conversation Sam and Cap had in Winter Soldier. So when they're first meeting, you know, he's like, it's your bed, isn't it? It's too soft. 
you feel like it's a marshmallow you're gonna sink right down to the floor and you're used to you're used to laying on, you know sleeping on the hard floor i mean i'm not saying you're wrong jp in terms of that you know that experience um but i think i think it was might be a combination maybe you know based off of actual facts of other well, what so i'm getting at is that it's you you can ask a lot of soldiers it's, that he, they do do that yeah it's PTSD, PTSD accurate. accurate he doesn't feel comfortable in a regular world yes yeah he's right. been in this shit yep. too long that the only way he feels comfortable is to feel uncomfortable so we continue to see Joaquin Torres kind of investigating the whole flag smashers thing, following uh, stuff on social media, and eventually being able to be part of seeing them as in part of a bank robbery in Switzerland, uh, perpetrated uh, perpetrated by the by a group member with what appears to be superhuman strength. Torres confronts him, but of course is has the inevitability shit kicked out of him. Um, I am so dumb. I'm, what? He's so dumb. He sees yeah. this guy jump off the top of a building and goes up to arrest him. Yeah, stop. In a setting with all of his people around him. Yep. <laughs> he later informs Wilson of what he has learned. Be meanwhile, Wilson then sees the government announce that the government has themselves a new Captain America, giving Steve Rogers' shield to none other than John Walker. Johnny Walker Black. <laughs> who, who I love how everybody made, made fun of him that he looked like the fucking old man from Up. Yes. I, mask. I actually fucking love this character in the show. Um, I love the arrogance that he portrayed. I, I actually like his character as a whole. I I'm with Basement. John Walker is my favorite character in this entire show. Um, which we'll we'll get into reasons why in a second. But that but I mean that was the first episode, and I mean aside from the bank scene, fucking jumped to a pretty decent start. Yeah, I yeah. Agree with that. I mean, this is very indicative to government being government and having something that they needed and just thinking we could just replace it why right. like I, I stressed at the beginning this the main theme is go the government and how they fucking do what they want and take what they want and use people it this this is why like i, I found so like when especially when it's handled the bank scene and stuff like that it, it's just it's there but they're only they only did that scene so that they could add it in later in a much more respectful way <laughs> but they do it in such a shitty way at the beginning. But yeah, yeah. other than that, like, yeah, it's, it shows off to a pretty good start. Yep. I mean, JP on the same page yeah, I, there. I, I, real quick, we went from America's ass to America's jaw. Yeah, moving up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's asking your opinion on yeah. it now. Um, I I seen bits and pieces of the first episode. I was asking questions like why the, the the issue that I had was with the scene in again in the bank like why are they making this a race issue? Yeah, it's not needed and it's not warranted and is makes no sense because he works for the fucking government so he's getting paid. Why the fuck does he need a loan from the bank in the first place? I think that it's one of those like. They're like, oh, this will be a great scene to emphasize this bigger thing and not really, not but really that getting bigger thing shouldn't have been focused on. I... Yeah. But one thing that I wish they did, uh, they do it a bit later in the show and it's very well. I wish that instead of having this fucking 
I guess, like, fucking parody of a human being. That's the, the lone guy, the guy at the bank, who's like, can I take a picture with you? Now, can I take a picture with you with your arms? I'm like, what the fuck off, bitch? <laughs> I wish he was, like, basically telling them that we uh, everything's fucked. Because people had, like, a ton of people had just come back. The government's playing catch-up. There's no, like, you can you can actually believe that 1,000%. That the government is all fucked up. We don't know how to handle a placement for people because this is how this storyline goes in the rest of the show. Exactly. And his sister may be interpreting, interp- interpreting it as it being a race issue, but him not getting that at all, um, which kind of happens a bit later. They shouldn't. Well, they shouldn't have waited until later. That he should have said something to his sister and said, "No, that's not what this is about." I mean, they didn't even need to go into detail. They could have. I mean, Basement's right. They could have just been like, "Look, um, with everything, six six months ago, half of you know the the population redoubled, and you have no idea how much of an effect that had on the economic. All the systems that are getting fucked up because of everybody coming back that was presumed dead. And so I would just be like, and so we have to be very tight budgeted on certain loans that we're giving out we can't we can't be as frugal with loans as we were in the past or even say i mean that being said if this actually happened they would be fucking giving loans left right and center yeah, exactly. <laughs> the yeah. opposite would be happening yeah i know, I know, saying. I know. but at least you yeah. know like at least give some credence to what it's happening and make it not seem so like like it just that whole scene did not yeah. do it um <laughs> So we move on to episode two, the Sp- the Star Spangled Man. So John Walker is appearing on Good Morning America as the new Captain America and discusses his desire to live up to Steve Rogers' mantle. Uh, Bucky Barnes watches on, obviously in very big disappointment, uh, and soon confronts Sam Wilson about his decision to hand Captain America's shield to the United States government. He decides to come with Wilson as he searches for this Flag Smashers terrorist group. Um, I will say that inherently... Walker's not a bad person, and it makes sense because if you listen to like the government, uh, the Good Morning America, he was the like number, like he tested like the top ranking in almost every field. So it would make so it's not like they just picked him out of like fucking nowhere, but it's because he was the top in everything, literally equal to Steve Rogers in certain areas. Yeah, without having a super soldier serum, he was the he was he was the best military man that the, the, the U.S. government had. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I can believe that. Which, by the way, also kind of like was like a little like smirking. I'm like, of course, Good Morning America, owned by ABC, owned by fucking Disney. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, go figure. Um, Bucky getting aggravated. This- oh, God. Oh, sorry. Are you going to talk about... Because um, I think this is the time when him and Sam have like a one-on-one conversation. And Sam basically tells him that he's like, don't talk to me about my rights. You tell, it alludes to his age in some way. Yes. And then they is have the therapy the session later on together. And this, and this is the episode they have it, but, but yeah, that they're like, you know, you don't, don't come up to me with your, your half, you know, whatever half life and, and talk to me about my rights. This, this, uh, this is one of the things that fucking annoys me in this show. They, they keep treating Bucky like you wouldn't understand what we went through. Like his life has been fucking garbage, man. <laughs> like he's been forced to commit atrocities that he had no control over, living with the fate, the the thoughts of doing it all the time. Basically enslaved for seventy years to kill people. <laughs> it's not like his life is a walk in the park, and and like people talk to him like it's you wouldn't get it. You don't understand. 
Which like, man, it's I mean he's sort of shit. he's sort of right, but I get what you're saying. It's like, dude, the guy's been fucking like his brain's on like scramble, so it's like you know like cut cut him a fucking break. But um, he like he, he talks so like he talks down to him pretty heavily in this scene. It's like I don't it doesn't fit for him. He knows about his past. Yeah. And and he kind of like throws the fact that he's old in his face. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, but did you know what the fuck I did through that hundred years? How old are you? 106. And my fucking arm exploded off and started murdering people that I had no control over murdering. I yeah. was mentally enslaved by people. But no, I, 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 I get it's, I think it's I think it's actually only this scene I have that problem with. Everything else it I think is... It happens a bit later, too. Well... Yeah, well, uh, I'll have to think about it when we get through the notes. Um, so Wilson and Barnes travel to Munich, Germany, and find the flag, uh, flag smashers smuggling medicine. This goes back to the whole, like, you know, editing out the biological warfare stuff. Wilson identifies a possible hostage. God damn it. Might as well talk about this now. So they're they're kind of stealthily scoping out the trucks, and Sam believes there's a hostage there. So there are two trucks... That leave right behind one right behind the other. And I know Basement's gonna love this. Oh, me too. And JP too. So Bucky wants to like, you know, run out and, and take them down, whereas Sam's like, you know, let's wait and wait and let's see what we can find out. And so when they leave, they chase after them. Bucky does not go after the truck in the back. He actually runs past the first truck. And goes to the fucking second one. Who wrote this? And who who agreed to shoot this? And he like acts like nobody can see me. Right behind him, literally like five feet, is the front of the other truck. People can be seen through the windshield. And he's like, oh my god, I guess I'll just casually walk in here. Can I just say I'm like, planting my flag on the hill, but it's very windy and I'm holding on to the base of the flag right now? I mean, there, before this even happens, there's a couple of things that, like, they had this, like, I don't know, this show is, like, so oddly paced because they go from, like, super serious to a comedy line that never fucking lands. Marvel. No, but, like, some of the comedy in Marvel works, but he's like, what do you know about Gandalf? Well, who the fuck, every single person under the sun knows about Gandalf. You don't even have to be a fan of Lord of the Rings, you probably fucking know about Gandalf. Androids, oh, aliens, or wizards. God. Oh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, fucking ridiculous. It, like, uh, like uh, the the sound. If you're listening to like the soundtrack through half the like the scene where they're like looking at the people, and he's like, "How many people are there? Let me use my technology to look through walls." The, it's so like intense, and then all of a sudden he just like he's like, "I'm just fucking with you." And it's yeah. like, <laughs> that um, doesn't. It just doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little all over the place. I mean, JP, you're on the same page, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so Wilson identifies a possible hostage who is, of course, revealed to be the group's leader, Carly Morgenthal. With their enhanced abilities, the Flag Smashers quickly overpower Barnes and Wilson until Walker and Lamar Hoskins come to their aid, though the Flag Smashers are still able to escape. Walker and Hoskins request Barnes and Wilson join them in aiding the global reparation or repatriation. No, wait, reparation. God damn it, I can't. Repatriation. Repatriation. Jesus Christ, I can't yeah, fucking read. Council to, to quash the ongoing violent post-blip revolutions, but they refuse. Meanwhile, we see uh, Carly Morgenthal receiving a threatening text message from someone known as the Mysterious Power Broker. So, the fight scene on the, on the truck. Um, who the fuck is Lamar Hoskins, and why is he paired with him? 
He's his friend. So he, his rank is a sergeant major. Why a captain is hanging out with a sergeant major, I don't fucking know. A sergeant major does not hang out with a captain. A first sergeant it's it it makes no sense i mean we know why in the grand scheme of things they're doing this in terms of like the the story but like still that that part i'm like be a sergeant major it could have been a first sergeant and number two guy's way too young to be a sergeant major way too fucking young how old is this guy 35 I mean, you have to literally be in the army for like 30 years to become a sergeant major you're pretty close to 60 by the time you reach that rank like, come on, man. That's just one of those things. This is why I wish, like, in, instead of just telling us, um, like, this, it's just happening. That's accepted. They kind of, like, if they had a bit more time, they could have shown, like, how he possibly got paired with them. Was it, like, a request? We're going to make you Captain America, and uh, in order to do that, we're going to have to pair you with someone. This guy is second in terms of what we think is valuable. Uh, forget about the fucking ranking system because we know that makes no sense in any of these Marvel Marvel movies uh, in terms of military it, ranking. It, it makes no sense in, in, in any and captains. Do you know what the difference between an officer and a NCO is? Hmm. One no, uses their college education hmm. as a. That's how they get their rank. Now, you can become an NCO and become an officer, but you have to commission. But you have to have a bachelor's degree for your college. And if you want to get past the rank of, of major, you have to then have a master's degree. In order to become a colonel, you have, in order to become a general, you have to have a PhD. That's the difference. Okay. I mean, I. I... I was just double checking too because I I do know that Lamar Hoskins, aka Battlestar, is in the comics as well. Um, usually an accomplice event of of U.S. agents. So I mean, you know, little nod and wink there. But I mean, in just terms of like, oh, I'm here because reasons. It just it does make me kind of like. A little fucking I'm weird. Sorry, I just want I I just wanted to point that out with the rank and no, the no, captain. I, I appreciate you doing that. The captain is the captain is usually about your guys's age. Yeah, and has been in the army for about ten years. Mm -hmm. And a first sergeant has been in the army for like twenty years. Um, aside from so, that though, I actually enjoyed the fight scene on the. Fighting was, I uh, like it. It's. Quality Marvel, like I mean, this is the fight scene is actually quality Marvel for like the movie. Yes, I like, just didn't like the part where he outruns the truck and what? jumps what? in the first one. Yeah, we were <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> it's so I can hear basements the steam coming out of his ears on. The uh, it was so obviously stupid. Yeah. I just don't know how that. I just don't know how that gets green. That. Then it makes no sense. Why don't they just do it? Why didn't he just go in the other? There's no actual reason for him, unless they wanted to show how fast he was. But he's we already right. know. So, and now that I asked him, I'm like, why in the fuck is he ba running to the front vehicle? Ba basement's and just I, as fast. That element of surprise is now gone, you indignant dumbass. Basement's he knows this. He should. He's a fuck. How long has he been doing this? Ba basement. <laughs> um. How many confirmed kills? Uh, basement's as just as frustrated with this as he was when someone is climbing the Money in the Bank ladder and just standing there. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's just the stupidity, and I like you have to have a whole team of people creating this fucking show to be like, we're not gonna ask questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to... On top of that, though, it's not even just him running past the second truck to get into the first truck. It's him opening, also opening the door, and just nonchalantly walking in and looking around, like, oh yeah, we got a whole bunch of medicine in here. Like, there's a driver right fucking behind you. And you think they have walkie-talkies. <laughs> He's like, someone's in the back. Hey, like, did you see on. that clam Nazi <laughs> shit? Um... Uh, I did want to say before you move on, Cutter, there is, you mentioned uh, they uh, meet up and they talk to, um, they talk to the new Captain America yeah. and stuff in the back of a... Yeah, the uh, little, like, the... Man, they're fucking assholes to this oh new Captain America. Like, God. for no fucking reason. They I mean, just hate him. I mean, Bucky, I get. Bucky's yeah, an asshole to everybody, but <laughs> Sam is an asshole, too. <laughs> they just hate this guy right off the bat. And he didn't even, like, he, he, he like, extends an olive branch to them. Well, on top of that, he's like, like oh, no, no, oh, we, 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 we hacked your we hacked your shit. So it's like, all right, you kind of, like, rub it. Yeah, they were a little rough, but at the same time, they were also kind of rubbing a little bit of the wrong way. I could kind of see it from both sides. I don't even think, like, he actually, to me, like, they fucking just decided to hate him immediately. Oh, is that last <laughs> sentence? Um, now, this is where, this is where things take an interesting turn. So, they obviously know that they are super soldiers, or they believe they are super soldiers. And so, Bucky says, I have an idea of where we can start trying to get an idea of where this might be coming from. And so they travel to Baltimore, Maryland, where Bucky introduces Sam Wilson to Isaiah Bradley, a veteran super soldier who fought Barnes in the Korean War. Of course, Bradley refuses to help them uncover information about additional super soldier serums due to being imprisoned and experimented on by the U.S. government and Hydra for 30 years. As the two argue over him keeping the existence of an African-American super soldier secret, Wilson is harassed by police and Barnes is arrested for missing a therapy appointment. Barnes is then released on bail after Walker and Hoskins intervene, but then Barnes and Wilson are forced into a therapy session with Barnes's therapist, Dr. Rayner. So first and foremost, Isaiah Bradley. Uh, again, the actor fucking kills it. He does that. That if if John Walker is my favorite character, Isaiah Bradley is not too far behind for me personally, as far as a character, the actor, um, the, the concept is you know it is comic accurate, um, and this is something that is um, exactly. It's almost to the T of what it is in the comics, the exact same thing you see here in Falcon and Winter Soldier as far as, like, Korean War, uh, fighting Winter Soldier, damaged his arm, he was imprisoned by the U.S. government, and Hydra, uh, you know, keeping a secret, blah, blah, blah. Not even Steve Rogers knew about him. Um, this, though, is another place, unfortunately, that I find... There, there's uh, When I look at this, and I think there's a time when he... Um, he basically talks to Bucky. He's like, unlike you, I can't just wake up one day and decide I'm someone else. Um, this is and this is the other example I was telling you where they keep think they they keep treating Bucky like yeah he he's had like just a walk in the park. Yes, he got, he got imprisoned for thirty years and um, he was experimented on. Bucky had seventy years imprisonment, experimented on, and t treated to do terrible things, and it's just like we're brushing that under the rug. And then he also like then goes on to like I know he's linking like him. He links a lot of this to like oh it's because I'm a black man, 
there's an example of the exact same thing happening to someone that's white right in front of you. It was happened for a lot longer. And a lot worse, because he got brainwashed into being a fucking serial assassin. Well, Which takes some of the steam of what he's saying, yeah. and this is where I start looking at it as, and this is why I kind of, like, in hindsight, after watching the rest of the show, I kind of get this scene a bit more, because I do think he is a bit, he r relies too heavily on the race thing, the character in general, and they make a point to kind of point that out later in the show when uh, Falcon visits him. Yeah. Um, but he does use it as like, this is why I've been so mistreated. And this is where I'm saying the undertone is actually, th when the government wants to fuck you, they don't give a shit if you're fucking purple. They're, they're going to fuck you. <laughs> and unfortunately for you, you got fucked. You're linking it to something because there's been, from then, he's lived for so long, he's seen a bunch of race injustice, and he's kind of probably saying, that's also happened to me for the imprisonment while a white um, uh, Captain America comes out of the ice and he's like a herald. But he also came out of the ice when. You yeah. know? And he was treated as like a fucking poster boy when they first made him. So can I ask a question? Because I, I <clears throat> seen this. I was working when this was going on, but I did come out for that scene. Who was it that, why did they, who, who was it that said, we need to go see this gentleman? Was it Bucky? Bucky. Yes. Bucky. So Bucky knew about this guy. Right? Yes. He fought him. He fought him. Okay. So my point, my point is, is that he is, I don't remember why this scene took place, but this is one of those scenes where I can understand where the race issue be, is, is it was needed because I'm it did happen. If you get what I'm saying yes. in World War Two, yes, this was they separated, lab. they did not recognize. I mean, they have recently, you know, they did made a movie but movie about the Tuskegee Airmen, but yep. this, this, this makes sense and is it, it it's something that did happen and this is how they're they're saying, well, why not have a super soldier from 1945 or whatever that, you know, my only question is, and Heather answered it, is why is he old and Bucky isn't? Because he was never frozen. He was never frozen. And that's the only explanation. He was that never I frozen. Well, he was, like, put into, like, a sustainment fucking... Boxer. Yeah, two, two things to note. Bucky was frozen every time. So basically they would unfreeze him every single time that he had a mission and everything that was done. Back in, the, back in the icebox he goes. Second, super soldiers in general age slower. They do yeah. age, they, they're not immortal, but they just generally, not like a huge amount, but they do age slower. <clears throat> Second of all, um, uh, the reason they went to go see Isaiah Thomas was because Bucky was like, well, shit, there's more super soldiers around. Maybe Isaiah might have some sort of idea or inkling or hint to lead us in the right direction to see where we might be able to. to yeah, and that's why they went originally. Uh, he's directly linked to the super soldiers serum because he's yeah. basically yep. the patient zero. I I do say that they had, he does mention, um, and I don't really, like, there's a couple conversations with him, and he withholds some of the information in this one and gives a bit more later. But he does mention that it was the specific regiment, and I'm assuming it's an all-black regiment that it they was, did yep. this to, and Correct. that's where his perspective comes in of saying that that's why this has happened. 
though he is looking at um, the fact that it also he's continued black, after that. He was punished. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, my issue with this scene was when Bucky and Fa- and Sam were in the street arguing, and the cops just randomly pull that's up. The Is worst he bothering part. you, sir? Yeah, that, yeah. I, that's I think... the worst issue I had an issue with. But I did like yeah. what Sam did in that scene. So, I agree with you. I think the part where they like profiled Sam for a hot second was like, come on, like you, you already made your point. Like, you know, yeah. the bank loan yeah. all over again. Well, However, actually. Bucky that, that the, it was Bucky who sat there and said, do you not know who the fuck this is? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, which I appreciated that. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, though, there's two things I took away from the Isaiah Thomas conversation. One, obviously the racial undertones. No fucking shit. Couldn't have beat that but over they, my head any further. But well, Isaiah it, it, worked, though, considering when he was the super soldier. Yeah. It, it, it fits there a bit more. The only, my only mm-hmm. gripe with the scene is how like Bucky never says anything about i was also fucked well i don't think isaiah's pants to say anything he's yeah, like get he's the fuck out of my house i mean isaiah probably already he he has to know he fought bucky fucking 80 100 years ago or whatever whatever it was well that's how the, the him grandson like 80, lets him in he's ago. like he wants to see if the arm grew back but um to me, what this really showcased was, hey, that super soldier serum isn't all fucking dandelions and sunshines and rainbows and everything. And I mean, granted, yeah, we saw in Civil War that Hydra fuck around with the Winter Soldier program and that Bucky wasn't the only one. They were trying to recreate it, but that there is a bigger, darker undertone to not only the super soldier serum in general, um, but, but our government with it, which in essence is sort of tied to the Captain America thing at this point in time. I, you know, obviously it's not going to be at the end, but so I took away both. It's like, oh shit, they're really gonna go there with this, where it's like, no, it's not. It's not a clear cut decision of yeah, yeah, same here you go, no problem. Here's the shield, you're you're off and running. So that's that's me. I mean, obviously the racial stuff, I'm not disagreeing with any of you guys on that, or even to the extent of basement saying like Bucky's just getting fucking like shafted. I, I just feel like, like a dog. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I the thing is, I fully believe like the lone scene earlier, it could have been handled better and has more credence to the storyline. So it does, it is required to stay in there. I think they just should have done a better job of explaining why he couldn't get money or she couldn't. The scene with the cops on the street should have been cut from the entire show. It actually undercuts the scene with Isaiah earlier that does a much better job. Dealing with the those the with the topic of race, I would I would have honestly, and this is just my opinion, if they wanted to make a racial point with that scene with Bucky and and Falcon, as far as them like the arrest in in the streets, what I would have done, and you tell me if you guys would have bought this, I would have had some of the effect of like when the cops show up, Sam like does this quick and then gets down on his knees like expecting the treatment as a black man. And then it's like no, and then finds out no. We're actually here for we're actually here for we're actually here yeah. for Bucky. I I I that to me would have driven the 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 point home a little bit more. And that that would have been an, a much more respectful way of doing it. Yeah. I also feel like like I still stand by the fact that this scene didn't need to exist. Well, I mean, they had to have they had to arrest Bucky somehow. But anyway, yeah. I mean, um. So anyway, you know. Uh, Walker and Hoskins intervene, and of course they have an impromptu therapy session with Barnes and Wilson right then and there, which um, this is a little funny. funny. 
funny. A little funny with them doing the staring contest. But I also, but of course, this is where we get that line from from Bucky and understanding why he is so up Sam's ass about the shield. Mm-hmm. And I love that the simple line of maybe he was wrong about you, and if he was wrong about you, then maybe he was wrong about me. Yes. And it's like, mm-hmm. God damn it, fucking. Marvel can come out of a good line every once in a while. Fucking shit. That was good. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I just want to, want to mention before it goes on. Is it the scene before, is it when that little kid comes off? Hey, it's Black Falcon. Yeah. Is that when that happens? That's when they're going towards Isaiah's Yeah, that, that's when they go to, yeah. Oh, you call like, him Black Kid? And I, I think Isaiah's, I don't know if this is the scene where Isaiah says, they don't, I don't think it is, but it might be where it's like they, they won't allow a black man to be Captain America. No, that's that's the that's the last time well second to last time he sees him because he sees him yeah. right before he goes out and then he sees him after I, i'm just gonna say right now war machine exists yep he's in the first episode <laughs> the black yeah. iron man and he's not even no he's just he's government hired fucking <laughs> iron man i mean he was iron patriot at that point yes yeah. a lieutenant colonel in the army or in the air force yep so yeah, which I mean, it's just like everyone should know who the Avengers are because at this point, it's com- yeah, it's common knowledge. Yeah, yeah, so it's like I mean, some of that stuff is just like let me shoehorn in this. But does it make sense in the grand scheme? I don't give a fuck. Here, you're gonna take it. You're gonna like it. <laughs> but uh, that that scene with uh, the racial undertones with the main characters. Yeah, you but they needed them with characters that were like not, Isaiah. Like Isaiah. I think I, I think that's kind of why this stuff is great in this show, and I think that should have been the core of it. But it didn't need to be sprinkled in at every chance they got. Sometimes they go overboard with it and beat you over the head with it. I'm not going to yeah. disagree with that. Um, so Walker and Hoskins ask again Barnes and Wilson to work with them, but they refuse once again. Disgruntled Walker warns the duo to stay out of their way, uh, which is funny because it's like. Sam and Bucky give an actual logical explanation as far as why they think it's better if they work separately. They're like, listen, you guys are tied to the government. We're not. We have a little bit more flexibility and wiggle room than you guys do. So it's like, it makes more You're sense. If, not working with us. Yeah, I'm like, it makes more sense if we actually do, like, fuck off. Uh, Sam did work for the government, though, because he was... It's, it's, it's sort of. Yeah. He was like, yeah, but he's gone rogue. So only worked for, worked only for one episode in. Oh God. Um. In, but meanwhile, in Slovakia, the Flag Smashers escape by airplane, while one member stays behind to hold off the power broker's men and gets shot and killed for it. But Barnes and Wilson. That scene didn't make any sense. What didn't make sense it, to me was he pushed over the fucking. And the, then he ran into bullets. That's what I did. I'm like. <laughs> Just push it over and run away. Yeah, so fucking. <laughs> I guess it's my time to die. The script is telling me I need to die. Oh, what? He couldn't run a bullet with fucking super serious fucking. Anyway, um, so Barnes and Wilson then decide that they're gonna do. Uh, they need to find out what's going on with the super soldier serum, and they decide to visit an imprisoned Helmet Zio, uh, Zemo, Zio, Zim, Jesus, Helmet Zemo in Berlin to gather intelligence on the Flag Smashers. Man. Can I tell you when the tra- I have missed this man <laughs> when, when the trailers and the previews came out for this and Zemo was advertised to be in this? So happy, so Why fucking though? happy. He is one of the better villains that they have had up to this point. One of the better characters in Marvel, period. 
Um, yeah, he's not and, a super villain. Doesn't have any superpowers. He just and yeah, like he has a solid enough point. Like any any villain that I've ever seen in Marvel that's not just like one note. Like they have a reason for their thought, and their thought is not entirely wrong. Okay. There's a lot of dialogue that Zemo has in this show that is very, very well written and very well done. Um, this is literally where the show for me picks up. It's, yeah, it's it's Zemo. It, it kind of puts this. It, well, it's the storyline starts getting going for something that's more impactful than hey, Black Falcon, hey, this stupid yeah. shit. Yeah. Have a date with some woman. Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> um, but so, but second episode, not too not too shabby. I mean, there's a lot to take in though. But um, now you can definitely start... the first two for me are yeah the, not the great hardest. episodes. But I think they need, they need to set the table. Yeah, they could have set the table better. You know, well, I'm not saying they. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I agree. They could have said. It could have set the table better. I'm going to head out. I got to work. I, say, I saw the yawn, so I saw it coming. So, all right. I appreciate it, JP. appreciate it coming on. And I will tell you right now, it did pick up. And again, I didn't see everything. Although he could have with how this setup is. The TV I mean, I was watching. I was watching, but I was, yeah. you know, I was answering emails and working, setting things up for the next trip and, and stuff. Yeah. But I, I would give this a six out of ten. All right. As far as the show, I mean, I I didn't hate it. It was enjoyable. There, there. Yep. I think you should watch the entirety of it. I'm telling the, you. The reason I probably wouldn't like the Wanda thing, WandaVision, yep. is what action was there that I would really care about? The end. That was the only real. Yeah. <laughs> That's I didn't my... watch that show for like the underlying themes of that show or why I gave it the rating I gave it in WandaVision. It has uh, nothing to do really with it. I haven't watched it. I'm not going to give it a rating. I, I, all joking aside, as much as I have my flag firmly planted on this hill, I honestly think that you, JP, would, if you watch the entirety of the show, would like this one. I did watch it. I just didn't. I missed some things. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it. The ending, I had questions. But the true to, ending, not the speech. This, well, I, I'm going oh, yeah, yeah. to speak on the speech. I want to speak on the speech. That needed to be said. Because yes. that is actually politicians in general. Yep. In the real world. In the real yeah. world. They need yep. to hear it. They need to hear. You You work for me, motherfucker. You don't work for us. Or you you don't work, I mean. We don't work for you. We don't you work, work for, for you. You work for us. We vote you in. You don't do your job. Get the fuck out. Yeah. That's that, that needed to be said. But the Helmet Zemo thing, I think he's going to be a part of the next phase. That's just my feelings. So, in the comics, and it's probably heavy, heavily implied too, considering that Marvel did announce it, Phase 5 will end with the Thunderbolts, which is essentially MCU's version of the Suicide Squad, which in the Zemo comics, lead of that. Zemo was the first leader of the Thunderbolts. Okay. So, Fair enough. Yep. But so all right. But yeah, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. Bob, love you. Yep. And we'll talk to you guys later. Have a good night. We'll yep. see you probably Friday for sure for 
With him, anyway. With me. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be there Wednesday. Pay-per-view. Pay-per-view. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Connor's going to be away, too, right? So. No. Next week. Uh, when are you going away? Oh, next week. Yeah. Okay. Next week, baby. Uh, no, tomorrow. I'm getting fucked up. Anyway, um... So now we're on episode three. Uh, episode three, which is Power Broker. So Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson travel to Berlin to talk in, to an imprisoned Helmut Zemo about the emergence of a terrorist group of super soldiers, the Flag Smashers. Behind Wilson's back, Barnes orchestrates a, uh, orchestrates a prison riot to help Zemo escape after a, the latter agrees to help the pair. Barnes, Zemo, and Wilson travel to Madripoor, a criminal sanctuary city-state run by the mysterious Power Broker. Zemo asks Barnes to act as the Winter Soldier while Wilson poses as a gang gangster who is like smiling tiger i think uh who frequents madripoor so just the introduction of zemo i love because number one bucky's the one that talks to him first and two what's the first thing zemo says to him it's the fucking trust to control him yeah with that yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm just like god damn it like (sighs) he's so good The, the actor the character is just it's just so so they, it was a well played moment. God damn it! Yeah. So we they they orchestrate the plan. It's it, it, I absolutely love Madripoor, like the look of the place. Yeah, it, it started it's to give me vibes of. Uh, you know, I remember when I said I loved. Um, I think it was Guardians Two when they went to that fucking outpost place. Like it just thought the lights, the like this looked special. It didn't look like yeah. just generic fucking New York or whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, I love the look of the place and the way it was handled. Madripoor is a very um it, it's a you know fictional island located in Southeast Asia. Um and it's mostly associated with stories from the X-Men series, which is why a lot of people were freaking the fuck out when they heard the name Madripoor dropped or they they alluded to it in the teasers because it's like oh, fucking X-Men. Um much like Mephisto dropping in fucking WandaVision that never happened. Um but I love how they reveal that Zemo's rich. He's like, yeah, of course, I'm a fucking baron. Like, why wouldn't you fucking... The butler, yeah, exactly. by the way. God and the fucking it. garage full of fucking luxury and sports cars. Yep. It's like... <gasps> yep, I fucking love... I thought that was funny as hell. But I also love how... Um, Zemo's kind of fucking with them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he also knows that he's like, you know, he's keeping that cal- that calm, same demeanor. I think that's the reason I like the character so much. Is because... He's the like he's like oh what does these at the same time he knows without them he's back in prison. (laughs) What are you plotting, you son of a bitch? (laughs) It's like but it's just like well you recognize these list of names and like like oh god, um, (laughs) but uh, there's a lot there's a lot of dialogue that Zemo has in this episode and the next one. And he's like the problem with super soldiers. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but like the problem with super soldiers that we, you know, put them on these high pedestals, and you know, uh, I think he talks about like the power consuming them or something like that. Oh my Is god! Is this when it's, they mentioned Captain America? And it's like, yeah, so good. One of one trillion can maybe handle that. Well, he's but... like, well, yeah, but Steve was Steve was a had super soldier, and he never was bad. He's like touche. He goes, but there's never been another Steve Rogers. He's yeah. like fucking. Why do I have to love you? Um, so good. So um, after Zemo uses Barnes to get the attention of a high-ranking criminal, Shelby or Selby, excuse me, the group meet Selby. with her. The group meet with her and reveals that Hydra scientist Doctor Wilfred Nagel, 
Gotta be careful that last name. Uh, was hired by the power broker to recreate the super soldier serum. Wilson's identity is exposed after his sister Sarah calls him in the middle of their meeting. I don't know how I felt about that, that reveal, but anyway. In the ensuing, it did not like it. So yeah, I, I, I was. A little, I just, I, it, felt, it felt a little off. In the ensuing firefight, um, Selby is killed, and all the bounty hunters in the city target the group. That I thought was fucking cool. Sharon Carter who had been living as a fugitive since the Sokovia Accords conflict, saves them from the bounty hunters. So it's revealed that Carter is now, you know, living in Madripoor, because Madripoor is, like, off the grid. It's a pirate kind of island, and then, you know, kind of catching up with her because we saw her, you know, obviously assist Cap and uh, and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier at the uh, middle of Civil War. So continuity, folks. Gotta love it. But, um, yeah, the I whole... With this, it was funny because JP came out of the office here and he's like, "Well, now who the fuck is this bimbo?" It's like Civil War. <laughs> that's, that's Carter. Yeah, Peggy's niece. The one that they had watched Captain America during. That... Oh, that's right. All right, never mind. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them for not keeping track at this fucking point. Um, so Carter uses her connections in Madripoor to find Nagel's lab and takes Wilson, Barnes, and Zemo there. Um. Nagel explains that he recreated 20 doses of the serum and they were stolen by the Flag Smashers leader, Carly Morgenthal. Zemo unexpectedly kills Na- I mean, come on, we knew he was going to fucking kill him. Uh, and the lab is destroyed when the bounty hunters attack. Zemo finds a get- getaway vehicle, but Carter decides to stay behind in Madripoor and Wilson's agreed to, atta- uh, to obtain a pardon for her so she can return to the U.S. Um, so I only have one problem with this entire part. It's it's a it's an it's for me it's a nitpick, and it's the fucking purple mask. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's comic accurate. It's cool to see him in it. He literally wears it for ten sh- seconds. Shoots a gas line tank, kills two guys, and that's it for the entire fucking show. Yeah. Now, would it be wearing it so that if anyone survived? They didn't know who the fuck he was. I was about to say, him. the other part of it is, I, fine, it's trailer fodder, it's comic fan, f- f- fine. But, like, I don't even logically understand why he would wear it. Like, is he like, oh, the bounty hunters are going to know who I am in this purple fucking mask. I, I, I don't they know. They already fucking know who you are. Yeah, I, I just, I'm a little. Who you're with, first and foremost. Visually fucking amazing. Logically Turkish delights. What the fuck? Yeah, it, it's the it's just the whole like I'm gonna put this on for ten seconds. It, it's trailer and like, fan service. Like, I, I, uh, yeah, like ugh. that. That's the only. But other than that, fucking love this. And I, 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 uh, you know, tying up loose ends so that the person who recreated the soul. Oh, the other part of it is I do like the fact that it's like why wasn't your why wasn't this like more you know manufactured and more widespread? It's like because I fucking blipped you, dumbass. Yeah, it's like. Fucking clever! Like, why? This is where the writing. This is why I'm so. This is why I said before. I'm like I'm two sides of the fence because sometimes it's like written by very somebody very competent. Sometimes it's written by like a chimpanzee with a typewriter. <laughs> I do want to say also with the dialogue in this, at a lot of points, it's more realistic because you hear a lot of well, fucking shit. God damn it! You hear a lot more of that with this. In the places where you're supposed to fucking hear that kind of language, oh, right. as a no, my right, yeah, 
<laughs> Who always goes this right? No one goes that way. Yeah, there, there's more. I, I will say, like, at this point, the natural banter and dialogue between Sam and Bucky is... is um. They have to have shot this, like, in order. Yeah. In my mind. Because the, like, Yeah, they had to have. Because yeah. you can see, like, them kind of being better at acting together. <laughs> I forgot to mention in the last episode the scene where... They're gonna go to the, the where the flag smashers have their stuff, and F- Sam jumps out and obviously flies off. Meanwhile, Bucky just falls off and just lands. Oh, the scene where JP said his spleen would have exploded. Yeah, he he screams and willingly jumps off into a bunch of trees. Yeah, but he had to, he had to tear off the sleeve. Yeah, because well, God forbid. Show those fucking but metal I, I love the I love when Red Wing lands. He's like, you know, I got that all on camera. He's like, I like just fucking shut up. <laughs> Um, but no, the whole, like, uh, Sam, you know, saying, I'm going to pardon you for sure. I'm going to get you back in, uh, the giant fight. I mean, honestly, the, the, the purple mask thing is my only nitpick about the whole thing. Other than that, I have no complaints about anything about the scene. I agree. I mean, it's, it, it, even for me, I didn't really pinpoint it as a nitpick. I kind of attributed it to the fact that he didn't want to be seen by the enemy, but even then it doesn't really make any sense, but whatever. I also did love the little nod when they all get in the car. He's like, "You're gonna, not gonna move your seat up, are you?" <laughs> no. Um, so, meanwhile, John Walker and Lamar Hoskins arrive in Berlin and deduce that Barnes and Wilson helped Zemo escape. Uh, the Flag Smashers raid a global re- God damn it, this word repatriation council storage facility in Lithuania for supplies, but Carly Morgenthal blows up the building with personnel inside to send a message. This is where I start to hate Carly. I think this is where we're supposed to hate her because she goes from freedom fighter to dictator. But I hate her for the wrong reasons. You know what, though? They they fucking her character makes no fucking sense in the show whatsoever. Agreed. Like it it, it's supposed she's supposed to be. It doesn't make it like where she goes and certain scenes they show later on. I'm like. I don't give a fuck, man. Shoot so, her in the head. <laughs> so this is when I was trying to think about this. So fun fact, I watch these shows and I usually start watch stuff for the Marvel Roundtable as early as possible because I like to kind of like let things stew and think about things and like, you know, kind of absorb it as opposed to like trying to watch it. No disrespect to my fellow cohorts here on the table. Um, but but it, I want to see how much of it retains and what sticks with me and what things stick out. And Carly was one big big thing that stuck out to me and it's and it's really acting aside the fucking redheaded child from the children of the corn fucking actor she was almost like doe-eyed it just didn't fit the role man it 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 it's just it, it, i i even understand the idea of her going to the extreme of going from this idea that like oh we're going to do these things to kind of disrupt and upset now we're taking it to a next level i have no problem with that but there is zero fucking reason that motivates her to make this pivotal turn at this point in time in the show. And we talked about this a little bit before about Mama Danya. We'll talk about this in the next couple of episodes in a minute, but one of the plot points is that there is a character named Mama Danya that Carly has a very big attachment to, and there is a funeral procession, you know, a funeral service, and that's kind of how Sam and the crew find her at the first time around. But I I I feel like it, that should have happened gone, first. I, I this is where I say if they had gone the eight or seven or eight episodes, they could have put more story about her in. 
you yeah. kind of needed to see her. You need to see that development from trying to do the right thing to failing to then taking the extra step instead of just taking the extra step and becoming yeah. psycho. Now, like her ends don't ever never justify the means with her, yeah. and that's where her character fails. And and granted, you could. I, I think I hate to make an excuse for it, but I, I honestly think it's because of the 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 the. The biological warfare changes that they made to it. I think that that was a major because there was a scene that's, where that's where you see it the most in this plot line. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. If you if we had that or we had more because it's one line. There's one line in the entire show that explains her relationship with Mama Danya or like kind of reinforces or like kind of like lets you know oh she meant a lot. But that's it. There's no flashbacks. There's no pivotal moments. There's no stuff like there's no item or something like. Your character speak. Well, she just she's sick, right? Which means she has whatever the virus was supposed to be or biological warfare. Has tuberculosis. Everybody that was dying there, they all had tuberculosis. But but there's more. There's definitely because they're like they highlight the fact that they're like stealing vaccines. Mm -hmm. Um, They highlight the fact that she dies of an illness. I mean, they might say tuberculosis, but I have a feeling that was like a reshoot. Yes, that was Um, there. Yeah, yeah, that was the the edit to get it there. I did want to mention though. Um, outside of that, the, the flag smasher bullshit. I have questions, but like the um, what's his fucking face? Um, the new Captain America. Like they send him into active duty. There's no cameras, no anything. All he has is the shield. Why doesn't he have a firearm? Rogers did. He did. He did have a firearm. He was shooting I in the had- truck. No, like it, this right now when he shows up. Oh, in this part, he had to steal a gun. Like he seems so underprepared for battle, and he's a soldier. So it's like, I get you want to have the next Captain America, but the the lights aren't on, the cameras aren't on. Yeah, at least give him something. I mean, yeah, I don't know, yeah. Um, so. Uh, Although I did, the only thing I did say, the only thing I did like about this was there was um, a little, uh, uh, there was a moment where you see him snap. Yes. At one of the, so it's uh, okay. Planted. Do you know who the fuck? You know, he should be like, do you know who the fuck I am? I, I wish he said fuck. It would have been, it would have been great. Perfect for that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, just personally speaking, the the concept, I, I have no problem with Carly going to the extreme and start killing people. Like this is the only way to learn, or whatever. Fine, I, fine by that. But there, but there is no concrete reason other than just like that's the it's the only message they will understand. Um, it's the only like like reason we have for her going in this direction. It it fuck it it, it it it. She goes in this direction, and then they ride the line with her character somehow, thinking the audience is going to go along with the fact: is she hero or villain? And she's already a fucking villain. Yeah, she's a red, she's she's a redhead, like, so she has no soul anyway. So whatever, let's just roll along. Exactly. She's yeah. a ginger. Um. So meanwhile, Zemo, Barnes, and Wilson all travel to Latvia in search of Carly Morgenthau. But Bucky, recognizing Wakandan tracking devices in the street, breaks off and confronts Ao of the Dora Milaje, who demands that Barnes hands Zemo over to her. There is two. I think two episodes in this entire show. Um, actually, to be honest with you, 
It's in this scene that it shows a flashback of her working with him and that phrase that hit him, turned him to the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's the that's the beginning of the next one. But but what I was going to say was there this, episodes three, four, and five end on fantastic cliffhangers. Yes. In my opinion. I yes. don't – I'm not a fan of watching these sometimes week to week because sometimes they're just like, oh, God, let, okay, let's go. And it, like I said, WandaVision to me was much easier to enjoy as a whole. However, this one had great cliffhanger moments compared to WandaVision. And this, oh, was, and this was the first one where I'm like, oh, shit, the Dora Milaje is in here because, yeah, why wouldn't they want fucking Zemo? Because he, they fucking killed T'Chaka in Civil War. Exactly. I think actually, Basement, you were watching me on Twitch at this moment when I was watching yeah. live. Yeah. I was like, oh, I think shit. I, I either joined in on this one or the next one. I can't remember. What's that? I either joined in uh, on your Twitch either on this episode or the next one. Yeah, but but either way, personally, the big thing I liked about this one was like it was just a great cliffhanger where it's like, oh, fuck. I mean, it, like, they, they, like I said, this is the begin. Like this, the the last four episodes, like the majority of the show is good. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, it's just I, I, like I, the the first two episodes are very difficult to get through, and this is I think I might have joined you on this one because I was like I don't think I can watch that by myself anymore yeah, after this... the second episode. I was kind of like, uh... <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, but uh, no, it did it, it, the same fucking thing I said about Wandavision. The first couple episodes, why did they, they, they're just so fucking. The first couple of episodes of these first two shows are just like, all right, can we have enough of the building and get to the actual story? Yeah. Well, I mean, WandaVision fucking, yeah, they're building a a TV show, but it's just, it's literally just that television show. And this one is just, you, you weigh the way you're weighing between scenes written well and scenes written like fucking ass. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like I they they paint the picture of where they're gonna go, and I'm so glad they depart from it for the next couple episodes. It saves the show, for me. Can't disagree. I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Yep. Um, and this is also where I stopped taking notes because I've got more interested in the fucking show than writing notes for the show. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, I, I will say that it was easier to like kind of lean back and just enjoy the ride at this point. Um, I mean, this actually, this next one, episode four, uh, which is the whole world is watching, actually might be. This is this, this is the episode. My favorite that one. Sat there and tweeted to you guys and said this shit just got fucking dark. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. I think this actually might be my favorite episode of the entire series. So, whole world is watching yeah. is episode four. So of course we're caught up with Bucky Barnes being confronted by Ao of the Dora Milaje, who was come for Zemo, the terrorist king that killed, of course, King T'Chaka. As Barnes broke Zemo out of the prison to help him find the terrorist group, the Flag Smashers, Ao gives Barnes eight hours to use Zemo before the Wakandans come for him. Of course, Barnes, Zemo, and Sam Wilson investigate a camp in Latvia where Flag Smashers sympathizers are housing and teaching people that were displaced when half of all the life returned from the blip. Now, one thing that's not in these notes is the opening scene, which, like Heather mentioned before, was the flashback to Ao curing Bucky of the hypnotism or hypnotic state that he's in to trigger the Winter Soldier mindset that he has when those words are read. And goddamn, give that Emmy to Sebastian Stan for that fucking acting moment. Just hand it right to him for that scene. I mean, Jesus, that was powerful. 
there were no words. It was literally just him realizing, I'm fucking free. He just, he's like, it's not going to work. And then you just, like, you. I also feel like he's free of the mind control, but he, it's, it's, what I got from it is I'm free of the mind control, but I'm, I'm not free of the fact that I'm a fucking monster. I'm not free of the memories. Yeah. And it was, it was really good. Very well acted. This, him and uh, the Isaiah actor, or what shines in the show outside of Zemo, um, those three kind of are like top tier. Uh, that's in my opinion, those are the three best. Oh, uh, Daniel Brule, I believe. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Daniel Brule is, um, Brule, yeah. uh, Zemo, yes, fucking whew, so good. Um, so makes sense, obviously, that they're like, you have eight hours, it's like, cool deal, and 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 they're right, it, it you know, it's it. I do love how like they're not like we're gonna come for you and we're gonna fuck up your shit. And he's like, listen, it's a means to an end. Like it's, I, I didn't want to do this. Trust me, I understand what I like. I understand that what I did, you know, why I needed to do it, etc. So just again, the, it's it's all gray area. Which I, this is generally speaking, the reason I love Falcon and the Winter Soldier so much is because Captain America's character before this, generally speaking, was very black and white. It was he was clear. It was it was pure ish. Uh, he did not let his morals get in the way. They did not let him get him compromised, right? But this is so much fucking gray area that it's beautiful. And it's it's curious. Like, we saw what Steve Rogers did in the face of compromise with both Winter Soldier and Captain and Civil War. But now it's just like, Jesus Christ, things are so fucking blurry in between. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Sometimes some of the best government work is done in the gray area. <laughs> No, it, but, but, it's it's one of the, it's it's if I had to like pinpoint the reason why I love this show so much, that is the reason I love this show so much. The the one thing I I really enjoyed is like if you look at like uh, uh Steve Rogers Captain America, um and a lot of his uh journey from where he goes to where he is is uh struggling with his naivety of a world he believes is better than it really is yeah coming to terms with that world and then saying you know what i i don't want any part of that anymore i put my time in mm -hmm. this is kind of like encapsulates that whole journey in this one show like you've got falcon trying to find himself and understand if he can he can take that mantle but you also have uh bucky trying to do that as well I mean, the two leads are both lost in trying to kind of like come to terms with who they are or can be, mm -hmm. and it, like the entire show takes place in that mindset, which is it done very well for both of them. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So Zemo wisely discovers where a memorial services is being held for Danya Madani, the adoptive mother of the Flag Smashers leader Carly Morgenthau. Again, I'm butchering the fact that fucking been there. Still holding that flag. He, Wilson, and Barnes are confronted by John Walker and slash Captain America and his partner, Lamar Hoskins, who Wilson convinces to let him speak to Morgenthau alone. Um, Wilson attempts to persuade her to change her violent methods, but is interrupted by an impatient John Walker, leading to a fight. Zemo ends up shooting Carly Morgenthau, causing her to drop the vials of the super soldier serum left over, which he begins to smash. Walker stops Zemo. Did anybody else go like, damn, when he fucking donked him in the head with that thing? Um, and retrieves a single remaining vial while Morgenthau escapes. So, to me, this was great because it, it, it emphasized 
a couple of things. It emphasizes Sam Wilson's character and reaffirms like he's like, like him like kind of coming into that role of 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 Cap, right? He's he, you start to see more of the positive moments and and you know more of the affirmation of what a good person he is and and his like you know reasoning or like it's more the, of the Steve Rogers in him, right? It's it's the pre speech to the last, you know what I mean? Um, it also emphasized again the flaws of John Walker. Which, oh, yeah. which highlights them severely, right? Well, the, just, the, just character in this. The, what's that? <laughs> I love his character in this because right. he, he is kind of more indicative of the everyman, even though he is like you know, it, it's basically I, I put my time in, I'm a decorated soldier, but there's that thing that's missing in him where he he tends to he rides the line much better than the flag smashers do between hero and villain yes and that's why we'll get to it at the end but but the actions show that this exact scene shows yeah. everyone's point to where their character what their character will be moving forward yep. and who their character was even before this they just might not have known it and again zemo smashing the the, the super soldier serum vials completely makes sense because like they, they they've beaten to a head about the idea that he hates the idea of super soldiers and what was interesting too is i don't know if it's this scene i think it's right after this where right before the door melage show up that zemo's like i don't hate you bucky because you were given the soldier serum like you know against your yeah, will you didn't have a choice but yeah. super soldiers ride the line of dictatorship Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, fucking damn! Like th- this character, well, if, sh- fuck. <laughs> if you're willing to, if you're willing to take that power for yourself, then you're willing to use that power for yourself. That's the whole idea behind his character, and it's it's that, too that, good for the show. But <laughs> Marvel sometimes is too good for its own fucking <laughs> self. <laughs> it, it really is. Like, sometimes, like, sometimes it shits the bed, but sometimes you know. And I mean, the, like, I, I did, this was this was definitely excellent. At this point, this is like this is the best episode in the show. I love this episode and the next one. Uh, shout out also to Tex and Frank joining us in the chat. Thank you, gentlemen, for popping in. Appreciate it. Um, you know, let us know. Uh, you know, your thoughts. What's that? Said mucho gracias. Yeah, muchas gracias. <laughs> um, so. Ao and the Dormelage come for Zemo, but Walker refuses to hand him over. And in the ensuing fight, Walker is humiliated while Zemo escapes. Walker later discusses the Super Soldier Serum with Hoskins, uh, who suggests that Walker will may always make the right decision and would be able to save lives if he had taken it. Um, okay, a couple things real quick that I know this just kind of glosses over. It. First of all, I love the Dormelage fight for so many yeah. reasons. It humiliates John Walker. Um, there's two parts of it, and I'm sure you guys are probably going to say, like, yep, me too. AO dismantling Bucky's arm. Oh, yeah, that was fucking great. It's just, like, one of those, like, surreal, like, you know. It also establishes how fucking beastly they are. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, duh. They're like, of course they would put in fail-safes like that. Yeah. They're not fucking uh, stupid. Wakandans are fucking one of the great, yeah, anyway. It also gives a reason for why. How are they going to, he's got, he basically has superpowers. They don't. Um, how are they gonna beat him? Because yeah. literally disarm him. Um, <laughs> but the other, but the other part is the line. Of course, you, the John Walker. They weren't even super soldiers. Yeah, he realized yeah. Like, he's always had this like inferiority complex. I, but because I think he's he's always wanted everything he's done, right? And he finally gets this mantle that he thinks he deserves, but is still deep down worried. 
that he can't uphold to it. Yep. And, and this finally fight can be at home. These women who are extremely primitive to the outside world. Well, I mean, in terms of how they look, but <laughs> I, they I, are anything think, but. What I think the whole dismantling the arm thing made it realize it's like, it, it was not only a, a, like, oh shit, like, you know, badass moment, but it was also like, I don't care what we've been through, you're in my way. And I will do what I need to, if I means like humiliating you, like, or like not humiliating Bucky, but kind of like, it was a wake up call. It's like, shit. <laughs> like, it I mean, just. This isn't even like, like, a, to, 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 I think it's text slash person. I mean, to his point, this isn't the scene that I would say kind of hurts his character more than like what I've said earlier in this, where they kind of sweep his like storyline under the rug yeah. to yeah. put in favor other storylines. I think this is one of the better Bucky episodes, to be honest with you. This one, the first one. Yeah. And I mean, I, like, I don't think there's any problem with making him the sympathy guy or at least be people like sympathize or empathize with him. Especially where they were, if they were going to do a show that's based in the real world, they kind of have to like address that elephant in the room where it's not like he's just walking in like, hey, I'm now Bucky. Yeah. I think the biggest problem with his character is we have yet to get to a point where he he becomes the character we all want to see him be. <laughs> yeah, brainwash killer is great starting point, but he almost has to have this to become yeah. what yeah. we want to see him, and we haven't seen it yet. So, so um, at this point, um, you know, and and then the conversation between Walker and Hoskins is is uh, is interesting because it's kind of. Hoskins is kind of like his moral compass in a, in a way, it, it, sort of. I know he's like, oh, I would have fucking. Hawk, that, that's what he was supposed him. to be, but he was really feeding ego yeah. and the bad decisions. Yeah, I think Hoskins idolizes him. Mm -hmm. And when he said, "Would you take it?" He's like, "Hell yeah, I'd take it because I know we could." I don't think uh, I, I, Hoskins idolizes like what he's done. But I don't think he fully understands what he's struggling with mentally. I was about to say there is some sort of misconnect there where it's like I think that Hoskins' intentions of that conversation were in the right place. But I think it was either the wrong place, wrong time, wrong person or just – you're right. He was like blind to like what was really going on because there's a line he says, something along the effects of like, well, yeah, the super soldier serum enhances all the good things about you that are already there. And it's like yeah, – it enhances you as a person. It, right. Because he idolizes him so much, he doesn't realize that he's not all good. Right. He, he's he's too much in love with his idea of who he is. By the way, right. I also did love I, I know this is probably several episodes back about how they mentioned that the super soldier serum this is a newer version that doesn't like roid you and out you physically. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. So yeah, like and like it doesn't make you into a jacked up monster. Leva girl, you can do all these <laughs> things without having to do any like special like like fucking Broly <laughs> level fucking uh muscles. 52 to 6 foot 2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you feel? Taller. Um, yeah. um, so Morgenthau plans to divide the group and threatens uh, Wilson's sister Sarah and her family to learn Barnes into a meeting. Meanwhile, Walker and Hoskins attack the other Flag Smashers. Wilson and Barnes rush to find them, leading to another fight wherein Wilson realizes that Walker has, of course, taken the Super Soldier Serum. Um, I wish there was a more confrontational moment between this and then what happens at the beginning of the next episode, but we'll get there. Morgenthau follows okay. Wilson and Barnes and joins the fight, accidentally killing Hoskins. Enraged by his friend's death, Walker chases down one of the Flag Smashers, Nico, and uses his shield to violently beat him to death. 
With Nico's blood on the shield, Walker realizes that he's surrounded by horrified bystanders who have filmed his actions, including Wilson, Barnes, and Morgenthal. I cannot stress that that is the best ending in this entire fucking show. That's exactly when I texted in the chat. This shit just got fucking dark. I think this actually, you know what? I think this might have been the one the basement was was watching me with. Where I'm like, oh, oh my fucking god. I would. The only thing I'd change about this is I'd have Hoskins die, and then him he would take the super uh, the serum the soldier serum. That's the only thing I'd change. Because I yeah, think yeah. that would be a bit more reason for him to take it. Like, he just takes it beforehand. It kind of deflates the, like... I mean, it, it gives or... credence to him going crazy. But, like, I think he should have, have, have he should have lost. And his friend should have lost. And then he's like, you know what? I can't do this without this shit. Well, and he takes it. Actually, and he fucking that, yeah. You know what? I was about wild. to say, like, or at least showcase it after the fact. But, no, that, that yeah. No, I, I, I'm right there with you. That's actually not bad. But I think there's... There's a bit more weight to that, but I mean, great ending for this. And I mean, though, like, I know they're like, okay, well, this is his moment of being a villain. Hell, you, okay, this is his moment of being villain. Yet you're still riding the fence with fucking flag smashers who killed a bunch of people. This is the moment. Yeah, like, no, this is more understandable because I don't like the flag smashers. They're villains. <laughs> <laughs> You've already shown me. No matter how much you want to tell me they're not, they are. They they might have like a good cause at heart, but uh, hey, I want to so save the world. But first, I got to kill half of humanity. Who does that fucking sound like? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, shit though. The vi the, the the visual of um the last the, look the of blood the, the, on the yeah, shield and perfect. just like the look on panting and looking around like I had no other choice but to do this. So you can all just put your phones down right the fuck now. It's, just, it's a good a good way to get him into trouble. Yeah, I mean technically he should be in fucking jail after this, but that's not even the conversation that they go for. Well, we'll but... get there because there's a good part yeah. in the next episode. But I mean, yeah, I, I remember that too. Where I'm like, okay, this is kind of by the course. There's some small things going on, but then when that happens, like, oh, and knowing. I, I knew where the John Walker character was probably going to go in terms of he was going to be Captain America and then it was going to get taken away from him because that's what happens in the comics. It's not this exact r version, but I know that like just from knowing the character that he eventually turns into what he does at the end of the show. Um, I, I love the way they do it here. Oh, fuck yeah. This, this yeah. is, this to me, this episode alone proved that Marvel was definitely going to go the more adult route with things. Mm. with this show yeah i mean they have, they have uh, this show for the most part would go over a younger audience's head a lot of the bigger yeah, themes uh, there, I, that yeah they, they I agree. wouldn't really get um i did want to make mention because i know uh like uh the, you got text and you've got um our streets in chat talking about the it being bucky or cap that uh, could have taken the uh, buck bucky or sam sorry that could have taken the mantle um before the show started we talked about it yeah, we actually um, and there's I a remember, video on the channel that's like our predictions on what we thought was going to happen with the, with the show. And I, I remember saying I'd love to see them kind of not fight over it, but Is kind it of share, share the it, mantle. Yeah, yeah uh, up until a point, and that's kind of what I was looking forward to seeing. Now that they've come to this point, uh, Bucky is obviously too unstable to be Captain America. He, he's too quick to anger. I mean, he at, doesn't have the level head at, um, because of his because of his past walker's kind of the same way um 
that being said, I mean, to, to Texas point with Captain America, and I just want to see a non-superpowered Captain America, and it's fucking Marvel. Everybody has superpowers, even if they don't. But he, he's more like, uh, I think it's the tech, the technology that he wields kind of I, makes him superpowered. To it's funny. I respectfully, text disagree. If anything, a non-powered Captain America is more interesting to me, to be honest with you. I actually but, think that's that's why he chose him yeah. more than anything. Yep. Yeah, I think so, too. Which we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so we get to episode five, which, Jesus, how do you follow that, uh, with the uh, known as Truth, which I, it, it's a very appropriately titled not that they haven't been appropriately titled episodes so far, but episode five is Truth. Of course, after using Captain America's shield to kill one of the Flag Smashers in public, John Walker flees, but is pursued by Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. Wilson demands that Walker hand over the shield, but he refuses. In the ensuing fight, Walker destroys Wilson's wingsuit, but Wilson and Barnes are able to take the shield from him, breaking his arm in the process. Wilson then leaves his damaged wingsuit with Joaquin Torres and asks him to continue looking for the Flag Smashers. Jesus Christ, they wasted no time right off the bat going into, like, the fucking giant. I love the fight. They also showcase how good he, Walker actually is in terms of, like, combat. He takes on two of them at one time. Though he has more of the intention to kill them, then, like, he's more willing to fight for his life, I guess. And they're more looking to, like, subdue him. Well, it still shows how strong or, like, how good of a fucking fighter he is yes. in this scene. It's not just which that. Which I liked. Yep, it's not just that for me, too. There were, there were, it's, it's the, it's, it also really, like, emphasizes his, um, priorities, his, his, his mindset with the whole thing. Because he yells a couple times, why are you making me do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also love that you don't want to do this, and Buck's like, yeah, we do. Um, and then the I am Captain America, you know, like, it it really, like, drives home the fact of, like, yeah, this guy's fucking, like, he's all in. He is all well, in I, this I, concept. I, and that's, that's one of the things I love about his character, because he, it, it gets, uh, we're getting to the point where he kind of, like, says something. And I'll talk about it then, because the, the, it's Oh, yeah, I, yet, I think I know what you're talking about. Really, we'll, we'll get there. It really works for me because, like, the whole time, and the, the, and then they the showed scene this in front of the, the governors beginning. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but they yeah, showed yeah, this yeah, at yeah. the beginning when he was like, "Oh, nostalgia," and it's like football locker room or some shit, and he's really, really like struggling with the idea of becoming this. He wants to become this, but he doesn't know if he's worthy to become this, and uh, that's great where they go with it afterwards. Yeah. Um. So at this point, uh, Barnes finds Helmet Zemo after he escapes at a memorial. Oh, wait. Uh, Heather, I was just mentioning earlier that um, uh, they did not waste any fucking time with that the, the, the two-on-one fight. I mean, good Lord. Oh, you're muted. You're muted. You're muted. <laughs> that is my, one of my favorite lines in the fucking whole series because that is exactly what soldiers are. Government-made products. Yep. Yeah. Well, I don't, and like, they're saying you're the ones who made me into this. Oh, we're not there this yet, but yes, this is it. You made me. You made me. And him getting so frustrated with them over that—that's when I loved his character. Okay. That's when I was like, yeah, that's what like, I was this in. Is I, but, one of the best fucking characters the, in the show. But the fight at the beginning too. I was just saying, there's a couple of lines where he's like, "Why are you making me do this?" And I am Captain America, and just like it really drove home the the. By the way, I also love the visual of the blood was never cleaned off the shield during the fight. Yes. Yeah. It's a small little thing, but personally, I just felt like... What, what, I mean, what it means. It's like, it's yeah, the symbolism like behind the, it. 
Yeah, uh, the shield's in the wrong hands. It's covered in blood. Um. Yes, Frank, I'm 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 right there with you. I personally think it's one of the best ones. And uh, Tex, yeah, it's it's all good, man. But yes, Flag Smasher was in the comics. We mentioned at the beginning of the stream that Flag Smasher was a Captain America villain solo. So in this in the show, they turned him into a I guess a freedom fighter group, if you want to call them, of like I don't want to say terrorists, but um where they were yes, they, 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 they believed that the world was better before when uh, bef- uh during the blip in the five years that uh, thanos take away uh, half the people so uh barnes finds helmet zemo at a memorial in sokovia and hands him over to the door melage while ao advises him not to return to wakanda for some time he asks her to do a favor for uh he asks her to forward a favor to the country which we'll see a little bit later on Meanwhile, Walker receives an other-than-honorable discharge and is stripped of his role of Captain America. That's where the scene that me and Basin were talking about, where he and and Heather too, about the idea of like they're 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 telling him he's like you know you know this is what's going on. He's like I, and, and he snaps and he goes, I understand, I understand what it was, I understand what you're doing, I understand that. And he's like, but you made me and it just Wyatt Russell fucking knocked it out of the park with that scene. If there's any other scene. Uh, it, it's yeah, uh, God, it's so good. It's just it's, it's also a great setup for what becomes of this like senator, like the the council here. Yep. Um, and and what they eventually do with them because he continues to say is like I don't think you're actually understanding. Like I don't think you actually get what I'm saying or get where I'm coming from. They're like we well, understand, we understand. You don't know shit. And then to Heather's point, it's like you guys fucking built me, and now that you've built me, you're discarding me. Because they give him the fucking they don't they might not put him in jail but they're like we're getting your your discharge you're not getting any fucking money from yeah, us no this is no it. benefits you're gone no benefits you are done yep use and this goes to the main theme of this show used and abused by the government it's a bit the biggest theme in this entire show it rings true for every single character in here it it's it's better than it needs to be. <laughs> Um, it's like criminal. Uh, so afterwards, after the, the epic speech, he is approached by Contessa Valentiga Allegra de Fontaine, who tells him that taking the serum and killing the Flag Smasher was the right thing to do and that she will contact him in the future. Walker uh, then later visits his late partner, Lamar Hoskins' family, and claims that he killed the man, is, uh, that he killed the man who, of course, killed Hoskins, which we, of course, know is not the truth. Um... Couple things to note. So first and foremost, Contessa Valentiga Allegro de Fontaine in the comics is a former Shield operative, kind of on the lines of Nick Fury, who uh, is another Captain America villain, uh, who has been known to basically be the antithesis of Nick Fury. She is known to be like behind the scenes espionage, uh, recruitment, things of that nature. So again, clearly a thunderbolt setup here. Um, I do like the I'm fact that she's always going to be Ellen to me. But yeah, I'm yeah, Amanda yeah, yeah. Waller esque. <laughs> I get the Amanda Waller vibes from her without the like. Yeah, brutality. basically, yeah. it's essentially Amanda Waller. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, what was interesting was she knew everything that happened. Everything mm-hmm. she knew about the. Yeah. Se- I wonder how she knew. Well, I mean, the killing the guy that was the right thing to do, but like the the taking the serum, unless she like somehow got like. So it's 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 the the part that I took away from that was like, she knows a lot more than most people do (laughs) yeah and so that's i'm like hmm a little eyebrow raise on that one so wilson returns to baltimore and visits isaiah bradley again who discusses his past as a black super soldier and how he was imprisoned after rescuing fellow soldiers who had also been experimented on before stating that a black man would never be allowed to become captain america nor should one want to 
Wilson then returns home to Louisiana and helps his si fist sister Sarah fix the family boat with assistance from several locals as well as Bucky, who delivers a briefcase of the Wakandans to Wilson. Wilson and Barnes train with the S.H.I.E.L.D. and agree to move on from their pasts and work together. So, a lot to unpack with these scenes. Out of all the scenes with Isaiah Bradley, with the exception of the very, 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 very last one at the very end of the show, this is my favorite one. I agree. Um, it's not as intense, not as it needs to be. It's very quiet. It's, it's more laxed. It lets the message seep in a lot better. Um, but it also explains so well his, his outlook and the yep. difference between his outlook on the world and Falcon. Yes. And... Again, it's it's obviously the race. We it, we're all on the same page with that one. But it, again, to me, this again reemphasizes of like, look, man, you, taking taking up the shield as Captain America is not as simple as it sounds. Or there's it's there's there is more ramifications to it and more things and more perspectives to look at it than just simply like, thanks, Steve, and. You know, the, the trailer footage and the teaser footage, like, the legacy of that shield is complicated. It's like, well, no fucking shit, because if Captain America wasn't successful, there wouldn't be any super soldier serum experimentations, which would have led to Isaiah Bradley and this, like, and all this, the, the shit that he went through. That's what this, I This, again, reaffirms his own personal journey and his own outlook, like Isaiah's, on the world versus Falcon's. Right. Two very different perspectives on living, both black men, but one that has gone through the worst version of what a black man could go through, and one that, I mean, you look at when we were introduced to him, I mean, he's basically always been treated as an equal, mm -hmm. right? And, and that that's where he is like, there's another world outside of the world of hate that you went through. And that's they they handle it so well. I especially when we get to the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. I I also will just on a personal note note that like the start of the conversation was very well good. To, it was very well handled. I liked how he's like I came to understand. He's like you already understand and and kind of using the temp. What's that? He he basically says I don't. I don't like Falcon says I I came to understand and then he's like you already understand and any black man understands he's like I don't I don't get it yeah it, it's and perfect man it, it it's it, god damn it like hold on that flag um Wilson uh, oh yeah so then Wilson goes back and we have the fun little like you know training montage family moment scene where like it's like him and Bucky working and Bucky's like flirting with Sarah which I thought was fucking hilarious for some reason hi Sarah um stop <laughs> flirting with my sister um. Why don't you use the arm? Well, I'm a righty. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> um, but I I really liked the dialogue between Sam and Bucky when they're throwing the shield between each other, like the and they're bouncing it off of the trees. And I love how Bucky's like, you know what? When Steve told me what he's planning on doing, I don't think either of us understood the weight of like a black man taking up this mantle and blah blah blah. And so I owe you an apology. You know. Everything's complicated, Isaiah, and all this stuff. He got with the government-appointed one. Right. Um, and he was like, The only I thing you... I'd say about this, I wish, I wish that um, Falcon also apologized yes. to him. 
Yeah, yeah, I will I will agree with you. And I was going to say, I, I did like that, like, Falcons, like, you know, do the work and do this and be of service and, and kind of – the, 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 the it may not have been perfectly executed, but the but the the idea and the the plot point was 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 mostly handled well. Of them trying to basically be like, listen, there there's parts of this that neither of us kind of or like you know or, or furthering both of them to a certain point. It's it's Sam's final little jump into the Captain America role, and it's Bucky trying to like make the leap to kind of like getting over like uh, not completely over everything, but like almost over every you know to the to the healing. <laughs> But I, it would have been a bit better outside of the fact that, that like it would have been a bit better if they acknowledged more, more than the audience acknowledging Bucky's struggle, the people around him. Yeah. Nobody fucking acknowledges <laughs> his fucking problems. He just fucking constantly make fun of him, and all of a sudden he's gonna be like, "Hey, this is, it might be you might be harsh, harsh truth here, but here it is." And he goes like and says it. Shout out to Irish Truth. Yeah, <laughs> I, think he, I think he does say that. <laughs> um, uh, and I agree. It, like we we talked about this, Frank, at the beginning. Uh, there's certain places where it's very heavy handed. This uh, the the spot before was not when it, one of when them. it's and done like, when it's done right. It is done or when it's done the right way. It is it is very well handled. And Knight Jurgen, thank you for popping on. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you as far as. Uh, uh, Valentina earlier, yeah, I think she is putting the thunderbolts together, which we'll see. Um, and we Carly, do not agree with the fact that like we get to Carly. Um, the they kind of do Winter Soldier a bit dirty. Like the other characters in this fucking show yeah. are just well, like, oh, yeah, whatever. So that's what I was gonna say was like when 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 Sam's like, oh, do the work, and it's kind of like that, like, oh, we're both overcoming hurdles in our personal character. Yeah, you didn't have journey. to go through anything like it's a completely different scenario what i was about to say was it's like it's not really like that bucky went through much in the show but not that he needed to no because he he already did that as fucking winter soldier like i i could get like Uh, this i I was frozen for 70 years like come on guys i I, i'd rather accept that uh, that version of like basically what falcon says yeah i would rather hear fucking isaiah say it yeah yeah, it would make a lot more sense coming from him because Falcon, for the most part, like he had prior to this. What struggles did fucking Falcon go through before the show? He was blipped for five years, so he was nothing. Uh, other Whoa. than that, like before that, he was. Yeah. There's not a lot of talk of his character. This it. This is a very like, uh, for me, it's an almost it's semi unearned for him to talk. The, like say this stuff. Yeah, I I, I would have had Isaiah say it. Yeah, personally, but. no, I, I'm right there with you. Um, so meanwhile, the Flag Smashers plan on attacking the Global Repatriation Council conference in New York. They are joined by Batrock, who wants to kill Wilson and was released from prison by none other than Sharon Carter. When Torres contacts Wilson and tells him the Flag Smashers have been detected in New York City, Wilson decides to intervene and opens up the mysterious briefcase left to him by Bucky. In a mid-credit scene, we see Walker is not uh, going to let things laying down as he's starting to build a new shield from scrap metal and of course using his medal of honor which doesn't really mean too too much in the grand scheme of things i think it's more of a just like a again putting everything in what's that fuck you government fuck you government yeah. I'm putting everything into this so yeah, man you, you chose me and i came to terms with accepting it yeah and then you fucked me and I'm still going to stay there. So the final episode, One World, One People. And there's a shit ton to talk about. So 
Wearing a new Captain America uniform and flight suit from the Wakandans, Sam Wilson flies to New York to save the Global Repatriation Council from the Flag Smashers attack with, of course, the help of Bucky Barnes and Sharon Carter, who had secretly traveled to New York. While Wilson fights Batroc, the Flag Smashers take several representatives as hostage. Wilson pursues a group of hostages taken in a helicopter while Barnes pursues and intercepts a group in trucks. Carly Morgenthal sets off one of the vehicles on fire to keep Barnes busy and escape with the other, but John Walker arrives and intervenes. Barnes succeeds in freeing the hostages from the burning truck and joins Walker in battling the flag smashers, but is knocked into a pit of con- uh, into the pit of a construction site. Walker is overcome as well, and Morgenthal drives the remaining truck into, uh, into the site, but Walker chooses to let Morgenthal go to stop the truck from falling. Morgenthal and the remaining flag smashers attack him, and they all fall to the ground, but Wilson, having saved the hostages in the helicopter, arrives and cra- catches the truck. As the hostages are freed, Batroc arrives and uses smoke grenades to allow the flag smashers to flee into the tunnels around the construction site. So, a couple things there. First and foremost, fucking love the suit. Love, love, oh, love, much I love, love, love the suit. I don't like the... I don't like the neck piece. That it looked like I, I, it oh, the, so yeah. I, I would have reversed some of the colors on that one. <laughs> it's a bit too much. Like it's it, like I don't know. It's just a nitpick. I, I didn't. Mind still, it. like I like the, I like the design of the suit. It's it's um, extremely comic. It, 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 it is just, like stitch for stitch comic accurate. It is stitch for stitch comic accurate. But it just I, makes absolutely no sense for someone that's going to be <laughs> like a government operative to show up in the brightest fucking costume known to mankind. Um. I did love the action scenes in this. I thought that Falcons was the best, uh, I think, for obvious reasons. I love how he instantly calls himself Captain America with, like, no questioning. Uh, I also loved the creative uh, fighting with the wings. Again, like, the first episode. Specifically, I love when he, like, huddles one of the pilots on the bridge and uses the shield and, and, like... Because he's basically a fucking human shield now. He's got vibranium wings, yeah. from my understanding, right? So he's like fucking beast mode. But, and this is why he doesn't really need. He he he's got all the fucking workings of almost an Iron Man suit, without the missiles and stuff. You know I what mean, I mean? I, like that's his superpower is what he's wearing. I did I did love the creative uses of the suit and because what I it does to Frank, me, it should have been darker. What's that? <laughs> The suit should have been darker. Um, but uh, what's up, Luis? Um, but I mean, I, I I wouldn't have mind a darker one. But my but 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 not only just the visual part of the suit I really enjoyed, but the more so the fact of like, yeah, of course he would have falcon wings in this new suit because it would it would incorporate what he was good at and master of before with the shield and just. I don't know. I just like I'm like, I'm like oh, the whole fucking thing. <laughs> He's just fucking shield upon shield. So I, good. I, I didn't. I did enjoy it. Um, to that point. Okay, so we're still straddling the line here for the flag smashers. No, she lit a fucking vehicle on fire and tried to throw the other one off a fucking building, and she yeah, still we'll, was. We'll kill the hostages if we need to. She's not but... a terrorist. God damn it! <laughs> My um, fucking ass. <laughs> I um. I did love like Bucky trying to be the good guy here. Like, okay, that makes sense. That's fine. Nothing you know to write too much home about that. Um. Walker was Walker, the the big one. Yeah, that's the key one. Yes, that him him deciding to save the truck instead of taking revenge on Carly. Yeah, that was that the, was his redemption arc there for that. that. Little... It's like, okay, now he fully does understand Captain America. I, I... Well, this is also like the fact that he he's inherently not a bad guy. Right. No, he he is not like evil for evil's sake. Evil's sake. Yeah. yeah. 
No, he, he's not a bad guy. He's obviously like a hardened vet in terms of like his work in the military. Yep. So he, he's trying to do the be- best job, but he, he seems to be like almost too much emotionally driven. Yes. He can't take the emotion out of the work. And this is the one point in time where he does make that change. And it, it's like this is where you get to the character, him having a complete character arc. And you can say, in my opinion, he's one of the better written characters in this show. He's my favorite. Um, yeah. And the, the actor does a great job. He might look like the guy from Up, but that's yep. fine. So at this point... Um... Before we move on, though, why the fuck is it always New York? <laughs> It always is. At least they got away from New York for a bit before they had to like blow things up. Aren't you like, glad hey, they moved? I'm back. Aren't you glad you moved? Um, <laughs> so Peggy Carter separates Morgenthau from the others and confronts Morgenthau for portraying her, revealing her identity as the power broker. I don't know about you guys. I saw this one fucking coming a mile away. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. they, as soon as she got into the backseat of a car and said, we have problems in the yeah. fucking... Oh, when yeah. she had the fucking the, the art, I'm like, she's a power broker. Um, when they show like the art in like her like yeah, where she her, lived and fucking Madripoor, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these are these are originals. Everything in Lou or the uh, what is it? The Lou uh, is uh, fake. Uh, Batrock attempts to blackmail Carter, but she kills him. Wilson comes to reason with Morgenthau, but Morgenthau refuses to listen to Wilson's pleas and fights him once more. But when Morgenthau is about to shoot Wilson, Carter shoots her. But before dying, a, tear, a tearful Morgenthau apologizes to Wilson, and after the attack, Wilson convinces the GRC to postpone the vote to force the relocation of the blip-displaced people that Morgenthau died fighting for and instead makes efforts to help them. So, the cons of this thing that I don't really like. <laughs> I got a couple. Is, yeah. <laughs> again, and I, I know Frank said that she, she liked, he liked uh, the Carly in this one, and we mentioned this before. I'm just not a huge fan of the character. And it's mainly because of, and I think it's the direction of the writing and, and stuff like that. It's just, it's just, it's off-putting for me. It's not terrible, but it's just very, it, it, to me, it's off. It, it was it just off. Carter getting involved, I didn't mind because it makes sense because she's trying to like protect her identity. Fine. Um, why did Sam bring her body out? That doesn't look good. Okay. <laughs> I know I said earlier that I think they miscast this. It's not they miscast this. They wrote this character in a way that nobody could fucking act it. She's supposed to be young. She's supposed to be struggling with what's right to do. But the character is written in a way where I would have no idea what I'm supposed to be. Right? And and then, like, okay, yeah, she gets killed. And this, like, there's this whole fucking thing where Falcon's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. This is where, like, he's supposed to become Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers would have beat her fucking ass. I'm sorry, but she, like, has killed people. She actively tried to kill more here. Well, but the thing is, is that, like, he understands that killing her wouldn't wouldn't really... He wouldn't kill her. No, he wouldn't kill her. But he also wouldn't carry her out like a fucking messiah to, like, oh, heroic yeah, yeah, music yeah, afterwards. Yeah, like, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this, this is so, such a misplaced scene because this is where I think that whatever edits they had to do... Where, wherever they, somewhere along the line, they fucked up her character because yeah. there's something missing there. And this scene where he comes, he's like slowly walking on slow motion, holding her, and it's like, oh, or whatever the fuck, like he, he's yeah. supposed to be the second coming of Christ or something. Yeah. She's like, she's not good. M- majority of your audience is going to think she's a villain. 
And he goes out there and he says a couple of good things where he's like, you know, you got to realize why she was fighting what you were doing. Yeah. And it, it, like, this is where he says, yeah, she, she did fucking, she doesn't really say she did terrible things, but he should have, she did terrible things. She's killed people, but you've done the exact same thing. There's parts of his speech. I love. And then there's parts of his speech where is reminiscent of him talking to um, Bucky from a place of unknowing because you got to think this is a return from the blip. That is a very fucking difficult situation to manage correctly. Yeah. And of time and time again, the senator's like, you just don't get it. And this is like the same thing as when the senator was talked to from um, New Captain America. Walker, yeah. Where he's like, yeah, you just don't get it. You just don't get it. So it's good on them to flip that. But this is where it's like. Yeah, you need to do better. You need to do this. Don't offer any fucking help except for saying you got to do something better. You're the guy that goes out there and solves smaller problems. Like, yeah, like when I say smaller problems, well, go go pick this person up in the lake or fucking wherever. That was that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, don't just talk down to people. (laughs) I wish, like, he's had, there's something, like, the speech is both good and bad for me because it comes from a place of fucking arrogance or unignorance. At times, you don't know how would you handle this issue. There's that right. question is never asked. Yeah, and he's like, just I would have done it better. Goodbye. Yeah, we don't yeah. know that. <laughs> <laughs> I must go now. My planet leaves me. Um, that speech though, he is saying you need to listen to the people, not just the ones that have been here, but also the ones that have come back. I mean, he's spot on for the flag smasher situation. Mm-hmm. He's spot on for it. I think, it but was he tra- kind of extends beyond that to be yeah. like, just be better at your job in general, without looking at the overall fucking. How would you handle the return of fifty percent of the population five yeah. years later? Um, Frank, I'm right there with you that like I th- I do believe she was better than just another superpowered bad guy. I 100 percent agree with you on that one. Uh, she was a great representation of the chaos that resulted from all the people. Yes, which I said earlier is a genius uh writing point in terms of like how to create like a group or like an antagonist uh she was a physical manifestation of a a larger problem yes and he says he agrees with you basement thought the speech was kind of hokey which kind of reminds me of greta thunberg but all cap speeches are hokey if you go back through every captain america speech in the mcu yeah but normally who's he speaking to he's speaking to the other avengers no people that he has well not always group at the beginning Endgame. Oh, well, if we're looking at the beginning of Endgame, he's speaking to like Winter that's Soldier just a very talking little... to, Winter Soldier is talking to Shield and Hydra. It's a well, I mean, there's multiple times in Winter Soldier, but the thing is, it makes sense. Okay, so Captain <laughs> America is in those in those scenes. Captain America's these speeches are supposed to be looked at as a version of his character being too naive at times, or being too, or you know, like kind okay. of transitioning into something else. I'll give you that. This is more yeah. like a talking down to at times without any real real knowledge of the overall situation beyond the fact that it should be done better it's more like let me tell you you can be better but offer no anything else than that which sometimes it's a good thing to hear and it's coming from a place where he's like you can do it better you we all have to be do better i'm wearing this fucking costume and you don't think people don't like me and i'm gonna move on with it it's a good that's there's yeah. so much good in the speech, but there's this little bit of yeah, there are points uh, in that you should have just fucking left out. But the point in that speech where he's sitting there telling them, you know, you need to listen to the people that have been here, 
through those five years while the others were away. As well as listening to those that were gone. Yeah. Yes, those yeah. that were gone have been displaced, but now you're displacing these other people that have already been here. I, I guess it's also to both sides, not just one side. I, gu- I guess it's also one group while taking care of another. I, I, I think it's safe to say. That, I think it's safe to say that the speech was hokey, and that while there are points that maybe not might have hit where they should have been, there were ones that were that that did. Yeah. I think they were. They were part. Yeah, I think they were. They were definitely good. Good nuggets of. I, I think part of it is like my line of work, where <laughs> yeah, honestly, you talk, you talk to people, and they they might be spot on in thinking this is the right thing to do, but they have no concept of yeah. just saying the right thing is easy, doing the right thing or enacting the right thing the is where it's so fucking difficult. Which is and funny in, because in, that's in, kind of been a theme of the entire fucking show. Yeah, exactly, and in Fal- Falcon's case, doing the right thing is. He, he physically, he himself has to decide to do the right thing. And when he does the right thing, it's he himself that deals with it. On a government scale, it's not one fucking person anymore. And you it's can't just decide for yourself to be But You can't tell the senator to be better. You might as well fucking talk to one of one trillion. Yeah. No, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, in some cases, it rings a bit hollow. But most things that he says are good. Yeah. It's just, it, it was a bit bit much at time. So, uh, and, and before that, the fucking uh, saintliness of this fucking girl for some reason. I get, yeah. I didn't get it. Uh, I, I agree with Basement on the point that, yeah, Steve Rogers would have beaten the crap out of this girl and brought her in for justice and not treated her as the messiah. Uh, um, <laughs> however, the funniest part of this entire fucking episode to me was when the remaining super soldier serum enhanced flag smashers are captured, but they're killed by Zemo's butler. He's just looking on. <laughs> I forgot about this completely from the first watch around. I did too. Because <laughs> I'm like, wait, there's still a shit ton of super soldier like uh, flag smashers. And when they got blown up and it's the butler, I am telling you guys, I was, I, thank God I was alone. I was howling laughing because I'm like, that is fantastic. So that takes- oh, I was thinking it's like Michael Caine fucking killing these people. <laughs> but he just says it so like <laughs> it's so fucking it's good. So good. Um, and then and then you see you cut to Zemo in the in the uh, in the prison. He just like lays down like. Good job. <laughs> um, Contessa Valentegra Allegra de Fontaine gives Walker a new suit and asks him to become a U.S. agent for tasks when they cannot use Captain America. Wilson takes Isaiah Bradley and his grandson Eli to the Smithsonian Captain America exhibit, where he, of course, has his uh, a memorial dedicated to Bradley installed. Who didn't fucking feel it when he cried and hugged them at that end scene? Like, I mean, come this, this on. Is like, th- this is why the fucking other things that are glaringly stupid the lone shit and the cops on the side. Like, how the fuck is this in the same show as the Isaiah Bradley stuff? It doesn't make any sense. If they had kept the racial undertones towards just Isaiah, this show would have been close to a 10 for me. This is the same show that also had Bucky run to the the second truck. Um, So, meanwhile, um, Barnes makes amends with his friend... (laughs) Barnes makes amends with his friend Yori Nakajima, telling him that he killed his son while he was in the Winter Soldier, and crosses off every other name off his list of people who needed closure for him. Wish we could have seen more of those personally, but it is... I agree. This is also like that... 
yeah the fact of doing his character uh, didn't give him the time of day but when he got any time Goddamn, was good. Exactly. Leaving New York for Louisiana, he then joins Wilson and his friends and family for a celebratory cookout. But in the mid-credit scene, we see that Peggy Carter does, in fact, receive a pardon from the United States government and is reinstated to her former position in the CIA. She later makes a phone call informing someone that the power broker now has full access to the government's secrets. Dun, dun, dun. And that, ladies and germs, is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I... With yeah. the end, with that ending, I was actually kind of surprised that they pulled the trigger and made her that double agent, so to speak, because of how naive she was portrayed in Winter Soldier. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if she's thrust into a position where she needs to like do things and shit to survive, and and in Madripoor, I mean, I sort of get that, but I mean, I get that part too. Um, so I'll, I'll start actually. I'll start with Heather this time. Um. Heather, your overall thoughts on Falcon the Winter Soldier, and what would you rate it out of 10? Again, if the racial stuff was kept isolated to just Isaiah, mm -hmm. writing, you mean? It would have been yeah. so much fucking better. And frankly, I would, if it was just that, I would have given the show an 8.5 or a 9. But because they went so heavy and so absurdly routed the racial stuff with mm -hmm. some of this, it's just, it's just like, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's no. Yeah. <laughs> then the first two episodes being clumsily written and put together. I mean driver's right there and you're just like oh yeah there's vaccines in here and medicine oh i found a hostage <laughs> no no the top hydra assassin ladies and gentlemen yes turned him turned him into fucking benny hill at that point so all of that the second half or rather the last third of this show was so much better than the beginning of it I would end up rating this show a seven and a half. All right. Still a strong rating. I love it. Basement. Now, I gave WandaVision a seven and a half because I thought, though it meandered, it handled its one topic, <laughs> which was grief, very well. And the themes were done well, and they were shown well, and they were interwoven throughout the entire show. Not, not, not to manipulate you, but I'm hovering over the block button on Twitter right now on your profile, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, this show, what was the A plot line? Falcon and this Flag Smasher? Falcon's, uh, yeah, I guess either that or Falcon's ascent into the role of Captain America. Or struggle to become Captain America. I, I would say that the show has a bunch of B plot lines. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's bad or anything. It's just not as focused on one thing. Um, the the like like Heather said, we said a lot of times the mm. the racial undertones that aren't executed well hurt this show a lot because this show should have been Isaiah's look at. It, it him blame him blaming like race mm -hmm. and also the uh, other side of that being like the government just fucks everybody 
Um, and then Falcon saying, I'm going to rise above both of those ideas and kind of, you know, make things make sense for the betterment of man. Um, they stumble a couple times. The first episodes, they stumbled. The Flag Smashers, in my opinion, are a stumble because for the longest time, I didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Mm-hmm. There's obvious issues with the writing of that storyline and things missing, um, which hurt it overall. And then you can tell because, like, you get these weird out of fucking water scenes uh, of uh, uh, the new Captain America, Sam, carrying her out like a messiah, which makes no sense. There's a very on-the-nose fucking or over-the-top, like, racial stupidness. And then there's the, the – the, the I'm going to talk down to everybody at the end, and some of it was good and some of it was bad. Um, overall, there's so much – it's such a fucking difficult show to rank because <laughs> part of it for me – like, I, I mean, the good stuff is an 8 out of 10. The bad stuff – it's bad. It's bad, but yeah. there's there's much less of the bad than the good. I'm probably gonna put it right next to Wandavision at seven point five. All right, ten for me. All right, that's gonna wrap up this episode. Uh, <laughs> no, um, it's funny that like I'll be honest, rewatching this, um, rewatching this from the first time when I first saw this I said the exact same thing I said now best fucking Disney plus show MCU's made and I'm I'm, and I I still feel that way but it's interesting that like the second go around the things that I loved about it felt better the things I hate about it looked worse (laughs) it's funny how it pulled it apart like that for me Um, I am pretty much on the same page with you guys as far as the faults of the show I think a big I think the overall biggest one of them all is Carly and that is again not I don't think her fault I think it is mainly the the, right, the rewriting the, right. the whatever they had to change uh her character is somewhat hollow <laughs> y- y- yes you, you basically hit the nail on the head that that to me is the biggest glaring problem with the show for me there are two other problems that I had with the show one was and this is stuff we've already talked about Bucky's development or lack thereof. I think that for a show that's called Falcon and Winter Soldier, yeah, it should have been it's Falcon. It's 70% Falcon. Featuring Winter let's, Soldier. Let's, yeah, yeah. Um, which, which is fine. I'm not against the way they used Bucky. It's just that I wish there was a little more time devoted to him. But also to Basement's point, there is a lot of shit going on in, in one. I mean, because you if you think about it, right? You have there's like five storylines in this. You have at least four different storylines going on. You have the John Walker situation. You have Bucky's let's say half development, Sam's things. You could say the Isaiah Thomas is tied in with Sam, and then the Flag Smasher. So it's like Jesus fucking fucking Christ! How many stories there are? You had Zemo on a separate storyline, somewhat. Yeah, Zemo's tied into two out of four. Power broker. It's it's a lot. (laughs) However, that being said, I will still sit here and say that. You know, obviously, it's not a perfect show. There are clearly flaws. Fucking Bucky running the wrong truck. But in my opinion, the strengths and the good stuff of this show far outweigh and overshadow the negatives. Um, even the racial parts of it. Because I think that the, when, when they do the racial tones and messages, the <laughs> despite them being maybe some ones that are a little too forced and a little too much, the good ones to me um, 
really resonate and really stick with me. Like when I when I say that I thought of like the negative stuff really stuck out to me more after like letting it breathe for a while. The racial, the bad racial, or the 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 lacking ones of the the racial topics didn't really stand, like didn't linger with me. The good ones did, which at the end of the day is hopefully what all the shows should do. Um, but I'm gonna be playing it on the safe side. I'm gonna give it the eight. I'm gonna give it the eight again. I know I'm biased in saying this at the beginning. I'm gonna plant my flag smasher flag here and stay here. But I'm not to to say that it's not without faults and that there's not things that aren't lacking. But but like for example. Where Carly lacks, John Walker makes up for in fucking spades. So it's it's a balancing act to me. Because um, like for every negative thing that there was the show, there was something or two things that would supersede it and kind of overshadow it. Um, it seemed, it's the exact same way I felt about WandaVision. <laughs> it's like, I, like, there's enough good for it to be better than bad, but like, man. Paul Bettany so alone, glaring. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know? Like the, the Rambo storyline, the fucking hated. Yep went nowhere and it's kind of the it's the flag smashers of this one i you know what tex i would encourage you to check it out yourself don't you know take our take our advice but i'm gonna say for when it came out oh yes i wanted to mention this too thank thank you for bringing that up so this is where the the bad racial stuff yes the bad handling of it really this is why i didn't like it to begin with because i'm like oh this is fucking way too much thank you for reminding me so um, it's funny because Basement and I talked heavily about this show when it came out, when it was like on the air, and we had a lot of side debates and conversations and stuff, and, and really some good ones, to be honest with you. Um, and one of the things that he had mentioned was just like he said, like when it when it came out, it just felt it was very, 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 very forced. I mean, considering it was at the round-ish time of coming off the heels of BLM completely understand but at the same time i learned and i also i thought at the time and like i don't think that was the intention of it to be lined up with what it was i think it was this was always the plan it just happened that it falls in line with a certain very hot uh social slash political topic i this i almost feel like the fucking the ones that are glaringly poorly written we're just added after the fucking fact after they knew like it was oh, a hot topic oh, issue yeah. that this I, is where I was like, because uh, it seems like a different fucking show. <laughs> like it, it does feel like two writers kind of smushed together at a certain point, but, but, um, but anywho, that's going to do it for us here for, uh, for Falcon and winter soldier. Um, like I said, yeah, text, and you know, I'm not saying it's not doing that. I'm just saying is, our opinions are always going to be our opinions. Yeah, they're biased because they're our opinions. I would so say just voting on like a scale of Marvel. I'm not. I'm not really like anytime we voted on Marvel movies. I, I have a huge trouble comparing them to other movies. I would say give I it. A, I would say give it a shot. Go all the way to the end if you uh, if you if you're able to. I would say go the the whole way through uh, to just be fair with it. If you hate it, you hate it. I mean, by all means, you know what I mean. That to you know power to you like and then that's my thing too like you know okay i love this but if i hated something else and you loved it more power to you um but uh i say give it a shot is what i'd say give it a shot but uh that's gonna do it for falcon winter soldier i want to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's edition of the marvel roundtable thank you all for tuning in and appreciate your continued love and support again you can check us out on the youtube channel youtube.com slash horny goat and on your favorite podcasting platforms uh wherever you listen to your favorite podcasting stuff uh heather basement any last minute thoughts before we wrap up this edition um i'm ready for loki this will be a brand new experience for me i haven't seen any of it i don't know 
that much about it at all, actually. I'm relatively – actually, I probably, I'm 100% spoiler-free. All I know is – the only thing I know is that there's different versions of Loki. That's oh. all I know. That's all you know. I've, yeah, I've seen the first few episodes of it and never really got back to watching the rest of it. So this will also be new to me. It's uh, it's gonna get crazy. I'll, I'll tell you right now. If you think shit's gotten, if you thought Wandavision was a little out there, I, I'm a big guy on. I'm a big. This I liked the first few episodes of Loki. I'm that's a big it. lover of themes in shows, so that's where I'm gonna be looking more than anything. And I'm gonna be intrigued Loki. to hear your opinion about it. So, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate it. Join us. In two weeks' time. So we'll be back in two weeks as yours truly will be away. Um, as we come back next time right here on the Marvel Roundtable, as we take a look at the prankster trickster god himself coming off of the heels of Avengers Endgame and having to deal with the Time Variance Authority and what sort of craziness the multiverse entails as we take a look at Loki Season 1. Thank you.